And we're live. Hello, guys, and welcome back. It's David here. I have a special guest, Mark uh, Stefano, And uh, we're going to get back to you in just a second, sir. Sounds good, David. Thank you. We got some... Uh, oh, there comes my monitor, because i got to see myself. Oh, okay. Gotta, there you like, go. Yeah. That's easy, right? Because Sticky makes mistakes, dude. <laughs> you know, we got to keep up with Sticky. Here, i got to move my budget PC over. And uh, we're waiting for the monitor to come into place. It, it's... It never fails, it's always, uh-oh, wow, man down. Alright, that's good enough. So we have a very exciting show, but uh, before we get to that, uh, we uh, we have a few updates. So number one, we've been working very hard to get shopcasinoquest.com up with all of our all of our merch. And uh, yeah, he, he, he clicks off. I don't know if they can see that or we can see that. And most importantly, we got eight foot dice table rolled out. So a lot of you guys have uh, come to Casino Quest here. You've seen our wonderful table that we have for the convention. And we finally have our eight foot uh, do-it-yourself dice table. And it's a full size uh, eight foot table that you will have probably seen in a few locations. So there's a few places in town that deal out of the tub. And that's essentially what it is. It's ideal for one person, so maybe you at home. Uh, if you're a setter and uh, you want to practice, it's still eight feet. So you can you can just move back and have the rubber, have the felt the way you like it. So if you go down, if you scroll through that, you'll see where we have the white version that's here. That's a fully custom table. It's been painted, the lights have been put on, this kind of thing. There you go. Fantastic. Uh, thank you, Dennis. So that's the one that we have here, but on our showroom we actually have the table that Alex put up and we have an entire video tutorial that Alex did. Uh, yeah, we, we had him yeah, bent over in that table together on a Sunday night. Too. No, it was a Saturday night. But yeah, so we put this uh, table together and um, we, we have it available for you guys. So the table starts at 2500 bucks, but the shipping is extra. It, it, it comes LTL. And my apologies right now, but if you live in Hawaii, uh, we can't ship to Hawaii quite yet because as you may have heard, there's a few traffic jams of shipping containers on the West Coast, the East Coast. So until that sort of clears up, the cost of shipping uh, a crap table is outrageous. In fact, it's more than the table itself. So we're- Oh, fun fact. Do you know that yes. video we released? Fun fact. Yeah, right someone right? called right after that video from Hawaii asking about it. Oh, really? Oh my. Swear to God. So the, I mean, I guess we could make it available, but the cheapest shipping rate we've found so far is nearly two thousand dollars. So we're guessing that a lot of people are like, it's a lot. <laughs> so I, we just gotta wait. Uh, normally it used to be around five hundred, four or five hundred, as you can imagine. It's gotta go on a boat, that kind of thing. But with all these uh, anchor, you know, with all these ships anchored and having issues, logistical issues, it's not worth it. So we're just gonna screw it. Uh, I know we have, we have, we love you guys, Craps Hawaii. We love you guys, man. We just saw a few people from Craps Hawaii yesterday. Uh, I had to pull your mic closer, apparently. I gotta pull my mic closer. Well, it's always the hell over here, dude. Uh, yeah. All right. Who was that? Who who said who said the mic thing? Alan, well, Alan Toy. Of Alan course. Toy was right on it, buddy. He's always on it, dude. <laughs> uh, hey guys. So, uh, yeah, there it is. So the eight foot table and the tutorial is up. And we monetized the tutorial by accident, sort of. <laughs> so, yeah, a few commercial breaks as you watch Alex bend over and put that table together. So, anything else? 
What else do we have? But shopcasinoquest.com is the new uh, is our new merchandise bonanza. We got a couple things. We got some great cards on there. Some new shirts. We're it's gonna take another couple days to finish. Uh, and but we're working on it. It's a work in progress. But there you go. All right. What else do we got? Really quickly. Yes. Thank you for the five dollar super chat. James says love this podcast. Best Vegas YouTubers on YouTube. Uh, I'll be there Halloween weekend. I'd yeah. love to visit you and say hello. Come down to Casino Quest. Say hello. Yes. Yes, come visit. Okay, so today we have a pretty exciting episode, by the way. So we've been trying to sign up, uh, sort of upgrade our uh, learning dynamic. The last week we had, what did we have? Did we cancel? What did we have last week, dude? Player versus casino. Yeah, player we had versus player casino. versus casino. We had Lauren. Uh, but today we have Mark. So Mark has a storied history in the casino business. And uh, can we say where you're the training manager? Training manager at Resource World. Yeah, we already put that out there, dude. Yeah. I'm kind of asking you post facto, dude. I, <laughs> I was sitting here praying. You said, it's okay. No worries. And then I was like, oh, crap. I got to edit. No, that's fine. That's no, Mark fine. Mark has been in this business for a very long time. Uh, he has every degree. He is quite literally the ultimate casino nerd. He is, he is what we call, by the way, a unicorn in this business. Because here's what happens. Most dealers learn one or two games. They go to a casino and they, they sort of focus. So at some point, even if they get promoted to supervisor, a lot of them have a deficit when it comes to you know what games they know. They don't know all the games. There are very few dealers that know all the games. I literally know craps, craps, uh, high limit craps, and you know craps. what I mean, and more craps. <laughs> I I can get around a blackjack game. But not enough where Alan Toy would be comfortable playing with me. You know what I mean? By the way, he's one of our most anal listeners, okay? Got it. Uh, and he would find a problem with everything. But you know every game. I do. I do. European roulette, tiles, craps. Uh, just over the years, you know, just uh, brought upon myself to learn all the games. So, yeah, it's been quite a journey. And I love to teach the games. I love to, yeah. you know, to investigate the procedures in them. So, uh, it's been... Quite a few years uh, learning all of them, and each each year you you keep learning more things about these games. So, it's a it's a learning process. You have to level up constantly. Hundred uh, percent. In craps, a lot of you players out there, I still learn. I we had some players here the other day who had just learned a new system from Mel, who he's one of the channels that I watch a lot. Mel from Craps Hawaii, and it's amazing. He's still coming out with new ways to bet. And honestly, like you know, as much as I've been around this game and I've seen lots of system. You know, it's a very, uh, I'm always leveling up. There's always something to learn. You know, there's always nuances, always stuff to learn. But okay, so you have, I'm going to I'm gonna go down this real quick. Uh, let me see your, a little bit of your resume. Okay. Uh, and so I want you to just first sort of clarify, because we're going to let everybody know literally how you're the guy. Okay. You know, there's a few really smart people in this business, by the way. You know, you don't know um, Jimmy uh, at Palace Station. He, he's the other guy who is sort of a unicorn. He knows tiles. Uh, I'm not sure he knows SR. I'm guessing he does. But mm -hmm. he's he's one of these table game directors who knows everything inside and out. And he I'm knows all him. the math. Yeah, no, you would love this guy. You guys, you and him would get together and just talk, and no one would know what the hell you guys were talking about. <laughs> and you would My go off guy. into the sunset, two <laughs> unicorns out and about. Uh, and that's really kind of what happened. But, okay, so... You you have a BBA in resort management. Resort management from where, Morrisville. From uh, where? Morrisville State College up in New York. Okay. I'm, I'm actually from New York. So. Okay, yeah, originally yeah. from New York. Because we have, so we have Hospitality Hall here, UNLB. Yep. And they have a resort management um, curriculum. 
So you can actually get this here, I'm assuming, right? Is yes. that what this is? Yeah. Okay. And then you have an AAS in casino management, actual. So what's the difference between, on the resort side, it's more hotel-oriented? Hotel, basically the entire resort, you know, from mm -hmm. the hotel, F&B, um, mm -hmm. and then with the casino management, it's really just gaming-related, right? Okay, right, yeah, so. specific to the table games. So where did you go about learning all the games, like quite literally? Did you go to a school specifically, or did you learn them on the job? Or I did. Most of it was uh, formal training, you know. Mm -hmm. I uh, broke in in dice. I went to dealer school for dice, and then uh, blackjack, and, uh, you know, throughout the years, I would. Uh, I, I actually went to school to learn roulette, learn, uh, learned uh, pie-go tiles in school. Um, also, uh, uh, European roulette. So all, all these games, I, I did have formal training, and then of course after that training, you have to watch the game. You have to deal the game to really yeah. uh, polish polish it up. So how long were you a dealer before you you moved over to the dark side? To the dark side. So I dealt for actually three years. I dealt from 2003 to 2006, and then after that, I went on the floor. After that, you went on the floor. Well, that's pretty yep. good. Yeah, you know, we yep. we recommend uh, most of the dealers that you do it put at least two years on the floor. Sure. And most casinos on this trip here look for that. If if you've done less than two years as a dealer, you might not get the floor job. You you can you can work floor jobs sort of off the trip, but most of the trip casinos want you to have at least two years because that, that's enough time in most cases to have dealt with a lot of the customer problems. Unless quite literally Alan Toy is your customer, and then you can never have dealt enough time <laughs> to get back. Is Alan out there, buddy? Is, out there. He, is he in the audience? Do we know him? He, he's 100% like out there, dude. He's, oh he's my out God. There. Is Derek out there? I, I haven't way, seen him in the Linda, chat. Hi, Sue. Hi, everybody. Don't I miss anybody? I missed everybody. We have a lot of uh, our regulars. We, we love all of you guys, by the way, and we've, we've so enjoyed you coming by and taking pictures with us. Well, I've enjoyed it, just just so you know. Alex, you, he could be, no, no, Alex loves it too, by the way. He's a big ham sandwich. All right, so let's get to the, the nitty-gritties of this. So, um, yeah, you've been on every level. So you've literally just, you, you went to supervisor. You never looked back. You, you've been an instructor. You've been in higher education, let's say that. Uh, and you've been through some legitimate, like, I've actually, I heard of you before you heard of us. Yeah. So I knew where, where you're working in the higher education part of it, only because, you know, we do our research and we know there's other people. Because CG is a school. We look around at other curriculums. We were, there was a very sort of unique dynamic that was played out at one of the schools you work with. We were very interested in to see how that worked out. We were, we were very happy to learn that didn't work out as well, because you know what I mean? So, right. uh, but anyways, all right. It's a, it's a tough business training people. It is. It, you know, and uh, here in Vegas, a lot of the, the schools have really cannibalized each other. Uh, so cost is, is really this, you know, huge factor. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, you pay for what you get, you know, realistically. Like, like I you know, you having the skill set you have is, is worth, I mean, quite literally a fortune because you can help someone get to that next level in their career. If, if you go to a lower level and you start out, uh, which is why it's really interesting to hear from you. But if you start out at, uh, you know, there are some schools that teach you sort of the very basics. And it's so easy in this business to get stuck at a sort of lower tier property and not have the skill set, not have the knowledge you need to move on. You know, the, the lack of SR, single zero roulette, for example, or the lack of some of the things we're going to talk about today. Because it, it, we're going to talk about the 10 ways that, uh, the 10 biggest ways that people cheat the casino all right and then we're going to look at the ways that the casino combats that right and you know having that information or having that knowledge is hugely critical to many levels of sort of an advanced career getting to that upper level which you have which you know you're mm -hmm. literally the guy you mm -hmm. know what i mean um all right so 
we're gonna go over uh, that. Do we have any questions yet uh, before I get through this? Do we have any like CG or Casino Quest stuff? Does anybody care? Is anybody reaching out? No. Uh, not really. But, not yet. But uh, Alan Toy wants to see a tiles video. So you know what's interesting? We get asked every. We get a lot more calls now for tiles. So. The interesting thing about tiles is the casinos that A, don't have the dealers for tiles, just don't have tiles. Mm -hmm. Or if they have nobody to watch the game, they don't have tiles. Correct. So there's a few places that have tiles only because, let's say, a table game director or supervisor and someone happens to know tiles so they can offer it. So someone can come into a casino floor and say, hey, do you have tiles? And they can say, you know what? We can open a tile game for you. Right. Where, and believe it or not, like Palace Station has tiles. You wouldn't think Palace Station would have tiles because Jimmy knows tiles and he has people who know tiles and so they can roll out tiles. But that's not a common thing anymore. Tiles used to be a really, really hot game and over the years it's just kind of lost steam, you know, but uh, still there are houses out there, especially the bigger houses that do have tiles and uh, finding a really good tiles dealer is hard to come by. So having yeah. that skill uh, really is uh, big. you know, big star in your cap. Well, we tell people, listen, if we have a tile course, a thousand bucks, dude. It's a thousand because you won't, you don't you only need it for a very specific purpose and you'd have to have it from somebody like you, and you literally are a unicorn in this business. There's not many of you out there that know all the games and and from from both sides of it from the dealer side and the surveillance supervisor all these things. All right, so first off, I, I'm gonna share. We're all about stories here, dude. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm gonna share one story in particular. I just want to get your reaction because I love to get your reaction from a lot of these. So. I was working at a casino not too long ago. A, a gentleman from surveillance was promoted. Uh, I don't know if you call it a promotion, but he actually went from, so he was working surveillance for 10 years at the same casino. Casino surveillance, okay? Pit surveillance, all right. And they put him on the floor as a casino floor supervisor. Now, at this casino, it was, it was actually relatively a break-in house, okay? Uh, I was working there because I was sort of doing a favor and they let me deal dice, that's it. And I wanted to work a local, it was a local property, I wanted to work a local property because I, I, I love that engagement, it was a part-time job, this kind of thing. Anyways, alright. So this, so this guy starts, it's his very first day and he knows that I've been around for a while. And um, I'm like the go-to dealer, I guess, when it comes to like asking questions, you know. Mm -hmm. And he comes up to me, so they ask him to open a table, and he's never opened a table before. And he's a floor supervisor. And so he asked me if all the decks of cards have to be the same color. So you would think that that would be a basic knowledge, right? <laughs> but he's never been a dealer. Never been a dealer. Never been a, he's only been in a surveillance. Right. You follow? See, that's where the breakdown is, David, is, is training. When we train, we have to train all the basics. You know, we can't we can't assume that uh, someone knows uh, basic that we think is basic, right? Yeah. So you start from the ground level and then you go up. Yeah. So I'm sure that uh, he knew other things, but uh, just 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 the basic stuff that we have to start there and then we build from there. Yeah. But you know, you know that's surprising. You would think that everybody in gaming would know that uh, all the decks have to be the same color, but you can never assume that. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I've I've had a um, I've had a guy. Uh, on another occasion, who was a dice dealer, and only a dice dealer for quite a few years, had actually taken roulette in, in school, and then he ended up, uh, so they had a lot of roulette action, they brought him, because a lot, of, a lot of times a pit manager, or a shift manager, assumes that if you're wearing a suit, 
you can watch other games. Right. They'll just move you around. Mm -hmm. They don't know what games you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So like, here is this guy. He's but basically a a box person, but he's standing up, and they move him over to roulette. So on one specific day, they have four balls go off the table, four balls, uh -huh. of which they they now have security out, tracking these balls down, but they can't find the balls. And so he comes over to me and asks me what to do. Well, I don't know what to do because roulette's never been my game. I could care less. I'm assuming there's more balls in the drawer. You know what I mean? Right. But I'm like, I'm a, I'm a crap dealer on third base at the time that he asked me. And I'm like, dude, I'm literally the wrong person to ask. But he's afraid to ask his supervisor because he doesn't want to be seen as not knowing, you know, the procedure for managing this kind of situation. You follow? I do. I do. And so uh, I was like, well, that's not my problem, dude. I got to get I gotta get back to work. You know right. what I mean? I, I just find it so stunning the lack of training that exists in a you know casino environment because these you would think there would be a basic protocol. Four balls go off, but by but so he gets to it after. It, it was kind of a weird scenario. There was a it was a break-in dealer, and uh, strangely enough, uh, uh, several of these balls were all found hours later underneath the same uh, table, uh, it, uh, you know, a dead pit basically. And uh, it caused quite the commotion because they had like four security guys just going right, around trying right. to track down these balls, you know, because mm -hmm. you got to find your balls. You don't want to lose your balls at the <laughs> casino, okay? I'm just saying. But uh, but yeah, there's 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 all of these sort of gaps that are uh, it's just always boggled my mind, you know. Um, I I've been asked, for example, how uh, they didn't realize the draw was locked. So, you know, where you keep dice, that the draw is locked, you need a key to unlock that. Because you can't just have a, an open draw where people can just go in and say, hey, let me grab a set of dice. You follow? So, like, you know, basic protocols like that. But, okay, uh, we're going to move on to the top ten ways to cheat the casino. Sure. We're going to kind of go down the list. We're going to get some feedback from you guys. We'll kind of play this interactively. Sure. And, and we're going we're gonna to talk and we're going to evolve that discussion. You ready? Do we have anything else? Does anybody miss me? What's going on? I feel needy for today. I don't know why. <laughs> By the way, a suit came in the other day. It made me put my hat on. I'm, I, I've been going hatless for a little bit. I used to wear a hat constantly, uh, and I've, 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 you know, forgotten the hat. Uh, right, someone good? did ask, how long is a typical training course? Ooh. What kind of training course? Dealer? They just said that's that's how they left All the right, question. All right, so it, it really is, it, it varies. So a dealer training course is a bit unstructured. To learn the games, it's really up to you. So as you come to school, it can take anywhere from two, two weeks to like six months to learn all the courses. But a blackjack course might only take you two weeks if you're at the school and you're learning and you're a fast learner and you have good hands and this kind of thing. But, uh, and then for every class that you take, it'll add weeks, maybe months, depending upon you know the courses that you wanna learn. We always tell people, we want you to learn three games if you come to school because it makes you a competitive dealer. Absolutely. If you go out into the world and you only have one or even two games, you're limited into the number of casinos that you can work for. Many casinos now, you gotta be a three game dealer. Resorts World is a great example. For sure. How to be a multi-game dealer. You couldn't come there with one, right. one game. Even right. if you've been dealing that game forever, they could care less. You had to be a multi-game dealer. Surprisingly, we you gotta break it. A juiced in break in over there, which uh, but but multi game dealer very good, passed mm -hmm. the audition, fantastic. Mm -hmm. But you got to have multiple games, so we tell you, listen, it's not it's not just because we want to make more money off you, it's literally a fact of life. You got to have three games. I, I don't say you have to have, there's a few local places, one or two games, they're everyone's desperate for dealers, so they'll take you. 
but you're gonna get stuck you don't want to get stuck at the break-in casino unless that's literally like the first and last job that you want we have a few people we sent a lot of people to circa it's turned out to be a great job and they've they've opted to want to stay there uh, but that's rare. Most cases, you're going to work a break-in job, and then you're going to want to move on. And in order to move on, you got to have the right games, the right experience, the right knowledge. You know what I mean? So it really depends. Now, the next one is a supervisor. We're, we'll talk more about that. But here in Vegas, their casinos will promote in, in kind of a tiered way. The first thing they'll do is they'll give you a dual-rate assignment, a dual-rate tag. And what that means is you're sort of a, do, a dealer and a supervisor a few days a week. You put on a suit here and there when they need you, and then you shadow other supervisors. You play a limited role as a supervisor. At some point when they promote you, uh, or some casinos in the dual rate classification will send you through some classes uh, that they have available in-house. And those classes are very specific to either Title 31, which is big because that's how the IRS is looking at you, right? So manage money. And the other is sometimes, like Station Casinos, for example, has sort of a week-long uh, process where they teach you a number of different protocols. Uh, apparently, that's been missed a few times with some of their supervisors. But it can be very loosey-goosey. So, for you know, in the, in the gaming business, especially in Vegas, now in new markets where it's a new casino operator, it's much more structured because they've learned all these lessons. But some of the casinos here in Vegas, they you get promoted, and bam, there's the floor, and hey, here's their, this tutorial on Title 31, and here's some paperwork, and it's very loosey-goosey. This is why Mark uh, is trying to change the game. And after this is done, we're going to go over, we're going to be introducing a course uh, through Casino Quest for supervisors, for a lot of you. We're going to be rolling this out. You're going to see Mark probably a lot. Unless he passes out while he's here, <laughs> but I'm guessing that's I'm not going to happen. I'm no, just you're fine. Good? Yeah, I'm good. And we're gonna we're gonna get to you. Uh, and this, by the way, this is Mark's first podcast, so you do you're doing fantastic. Thank you, thank you. I'm and glad uh, to be here. if you ever need me to fill in the air, I do a great job of filling air, dude. That's Sounds the one thing. I'm all right, but all right. So let's do this. So top ten ways that that uh, uh, people cheat the casino. Everything good, Sticky? <laughs> I'm just making sure everything's not on fire. Oh, really? On the e-com site. Oh, know. on the e-com site. Oh, he's working on something. He's just firing away over there. We love him, dude. He's got sticky fingers, dude. Uh, he got sticky, by the way, because of the way he uses the stick. Ah, Not his stick. It. The yeah. crap oh, stick. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Here, I, I got to explain this real quick. Uh-oh. Look, when Casino Quest reopened after the pandemic, we... we I would be the stick man for him because it was it was just me and David all the time. Yeah, it was me. And then one day, because David has you know the best nicknames. I had a Y. To be- everything. Best nicknames. Yeah. He added a Y to the end of stick, and was like, you know what, your name is Sticky, and then started yeah. laughing not uncontrollably for hours. Yeah, I know. he loved it. That was fantastic. Uh, no, he loved just it. no. He loved it. All right, all right. So here's the thing. So the very first one, and I'm gonna let you just talk away and address the whole thing. Sure. Past posting winning wagers after the outcome is known so once like someone turns over some cards boom pass post pass post what does pass post mean basically if you take horse racing and they pass the post and then you make a bet Mm -hmm. basically after the outcome that would be cheating right Right. so when you read uh nrs 465 which is uh, a a statute with with the gaming control board that really defines what cheating is right so when you take let me give you an example let's say for example you have a 20 in blackjack. Dealer has a five showing, right? The dealer has not drawn out their cards yet, uh-huh. okay? After the dealer draws out their cards and then they pass post after the outcome, mm. that's clearly cheating. 
Right. But now let's ask this. What if you have a 20 and I have a 5 showing, I have not flipped over my whole card yet, and I pass post it before the outcome? Mm -hmm. Is it cheating? It can be cheating. And what it is, is, is was there intent to defraud the game? You have to prove intent at that point, right? Mm -hmm. So if it, is it before the outcome or is it after? We got that there? Got it. Is it before the outcome or after the outcome? So after the outcome is made sure and then they pass post, that is clearly cheating. And sometimes people pass post before the outcome. Let's take this one. Let's go to a dice game, right? You're not mm -hmm. supposed to bet the don't pass after the point has been established, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if somebody... Uh, pass post that don't pass before the uh, outcome has been made sure mm -hmm. are they cheating if they're defrauding the game it is right mm -hmm. so you have to draw that uh, that distinction between is it actually defrauding or not right mm -hmm. so you know when, when you uh, take a look at a player they might not know that you cannot bet the don't pass after the point's been established right mm -hmm. so what was the intent but if the uh, the the outcome is made sure and then they make the bet afterwards that's clearly um, in the statute that, that is cheating. So the point's five. The point is five. I don't have a don't pass bet. Correct. I put a don't pass bet now. Correct. Right? So if if I didn't know better, I'm hoping the dealer has the layout case and is educating me, right? Correct. But now if I leave that bet there and a five is rolled. Still losing. And I lose that bet. Right. Even, you know, and do I, do I, can I say, hey, and then I learned that I couldn't pass post, can I tell the dealer, hey, I need my money back. You weren't supposed to take my money because I passed posted. So the question on that is, do you know what you're actually doing or not? So, now, are, so are you defrauding the game, right? So, mean, right? so that's what you really got to, you have to draw that distinction. So here's the thing. You you make that don't pass bet after the five has been uh, marked, right? You could still lose that bet. Just like that 20 in blackjack and I got a five showing. If I pass post that, I could still lose my bet right. if you draw it to a 21. Although right? I would want to pass post at that point. Like if well, I was looking, because it's in my, at 20. I'm looking good. Unless Timmy's my dealer, then I'm screwed. <laughs> he loves the fives, dude. He has five, a five or six. He six deals in 21. Right there. Every time, Anyways, right? Yeah. So, you know, that's that's the distinction you have to draw is, you know, what is cheating and what is not cheating? You know, yeah. and the biggest thing here is if they if they pass post you before the outcome is made sure, you have to ask yourself, what was the intent? And if the intent was defraud, then it was it was mm -hmm. definitely illegal and it, it would be cheating. Mm -hmm. So um, that's and that's how it's written in the statute. Yeah, so I've actually seen someone on the pass line and the points established and they have an altercation with a boss. They had an altercation with the boss uh, and it got to yelling and shouting and the whole thing. And they, they had like $50, but that was it. Everything else they took down and they wanted to leave. And they're like, well, you have $50 on the pass line. The point was already, you know, eight, right? And he's like, well, I'm leaving. You guys suck. I'm taking my money. And he mm -hmm. wanted to go, mm -hmm. right? So he went to pull his money off of the pass line and um, they you know they didn't want him to do that they had security there and so they detained him and had him arrested uh for having take well he took his money off of the pass line for having to you know removed his money because it's a contract bet for sure for you know sure I mean? you cannot remove that pass line and, bet after the point's been established yeah and they made they made an example i mean casinos love making examples of people like oh, this for sure. right who, for sure. who who literally just he's screaming yelling and you know uh, but yeah so all right so if you don't know, and it's not intent, because there's a lot of people play craps without knowing craps. That's why we're here. For but sure. there's, there's a lot of that. Yep. So the onus is on who? The dealer to kind of make that right and be heads up and have better, better trained dealers and supervisors? Absolutely. The other thing, too, you got to think about this is 
a past poster, oftentimes will do it many times before they get caught. Let me yeah. give you an example. So let's say, for example, I have, I'm on blackjack and I have a, a player on third base, right? Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden over here they pass post and the dealer says, oh, no, you're not supposed to do that. What they do is they say, oh, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to do that. I thought the hand was over. But then the dealer never tells the floor supervisor that there was an attempted pass post. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes what the uh, players will do is they'll toke the dealer mm -hmm. to keep them quiet. So if you see them throwing a toke, that's, that's just to keep the dealer quiet so they don't tell the floor supervisor. Because at the end of the day, when the, uh, when the dealer tells the floor supervisor, they call surveillance, this player did it five or six times prior to that and actually yeah. was successful. And this time here, they got caught. And when they get caught, they play dumb and say, oh, no, no, I'm so sorry I didn't yeah. mean that. They toke the dealer, I'm yeah. your friend. Mm -hmm. That's how the scam works. So if you're ever past posted, you still got to let your supervisor know, hey, I'm just letting you know that uh, they did this. And the supervisor should call surveillance to let them know because nine times out of ten, they got this on four or five, six times before that, and that was definitely cheating at that point. So that's very important. Yeah, no, 100%. I know a lot of people that try to take advantage of craps table, they'll try to get the dealer to kind of loosen up. Oh, for so sure. So by putting tokes down there, they want to make a friend with the dealer. So the dealer will give them, you know, a little extra, you know, leverage or, you know what I mean? They'll be a little more loosey-goosey. Absolutely. Because they, like, they want to make those tokes. Yep. You yeah. You, basically, the cheats, they will definitely toke the dealers. They are good tokers. Why? Because they want to keep the dealer quiet. Why would the dealer... You know, tell on the player. You know, try to try to blow them and into the supervisor, that right? To miss, and it's not their money. Exactly. So yeah. that's why you know, when you're a dealer, you mm -hmm. still have to do your job. Yes, the tokes are there, but if the player does something they're not supposed to do, yeah. you have to follow procedure and let your uh, your supervisor know that. All right. So yeah, that, I mean, that's a big one. Uh, we we talk about that a lot, especially on dice games. A lot of pass posting. A lot of DC. Either, either, either one of these. So the, the first one is the pass posting. Second one is the pinching of a losing wager. But Be, that'll before happen. you change the yes. subject. Yep. Someone did ask, for those type of players, do you usually prosecute them or do you just kick them out? So what's going? Okay, if it's if it is um, actual cheating, what will happen is they will be detained, right? If mm -hmm. if we've determined that it's actually cheating, we'll detain them, and we will let the gaming control board make that call. You you call the gaming control board. Let them uh, see the video, and then the gaming control board will uh, determine whether they will be arrested or not for that. Mm -hmm. But uh, in that case, yes, um, oftentimes they would be arrested if they can uh, say that it was cheating. Yeah. And then yeah, another 100%. question is, John said, if I'm playing and I see another player pass post, should I alert the staff? Mm, good question. As a player, you're not uh, required to, but oftentimes, you know, many times, that's a great question, and oftentimes, uh, other players are caught that way, or even dealers are caught that way, right? Because yeah. another player tells the staff, hey, by the way, what happened on this game over yep. there? And oftentimes that's how they get caught. But as a player, if you're honest and you want to let the staff know, by all means, but you're not required to as a player to let the staff know. No, oh, I've, I've come across that quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, sure. I've had players rat out other players like, oh, all happens all right. It's a very adversarial type of thing. For sure. Uh, For sure. All right. Fantastic. Okay. So um, the next one is pinching a losing wager. And uh, I, I mean, I have a lot of it. The don't come, that don't come bar that's right next to base. That's the one where someone either pass posts a lot of times or they'll pinch it or withdraw it before the dealer has a chance. That's why it's one of the very first bets that dealers acknowledge. Absolutely. It's the first one to move behind. About yep. a seven out, it's the first one you sweep. For sure. And, and that's all about game protection. Yep. Uh, because it, believe it or not, I don't, I don't see it happening so much on a blackjack. I have watched this this lady one time, who was capping her bet and a really weak dealer. It was when the when the uh, boats first opened up, 
and uh, she would always bet in stacks of red. Uh, so it was hard for break-ins to read read what they what she had, and she would keep her hands real close. And you know, eventually she was caught and, and she was evicted. But um, but on dice, a hundred percent, especially that DC bar is where those bets are taken. But okay, so here's number two: pinching losing wagers after the outcome is known. Same with uh, the past posting, right? Did they pinch? Did, did did they know the outcome when they pinched the bet? right we call about pinching we're talking about taking back money after it loses right so let's go back to the dc and craps right we passed posted the dc mm -hmm. just the opposite on the pass line let's say for example we have a 50 dollars pass line bet right mm -hmm. and the point is four mm -hmm. now it's a hard point to hit and you take money off that once again that's a contract bet so once that four is is marked you can't take money off it but you can add to it right mm -hmm. so they might pinch that off there and to david's point You've got the DC. The problem with the DC box is it's out of the dealer's view. It's, it's you know, and, and oftentimes it's not that common of a bet. So oftentimes dealers forget about the DC, right? So what happens is you got this DC box over here, and, and when it's a seven out, you have to pull that into the cash register immediately. That's the first thing because what happens is if you miss that and go around the pass line and you're way out here picking up the pass line, that's the perfect time for the player to come up underneath you and pick that up over here. And so that is a very common uh, bet to have pinched. Mm -hmm. It does happen on other games too. It can happen on uh, blackjack and so forth. But again, you got to think of uh, the, the dealer's view here. That's why when you go to dealer school, you have to walk your game in blackjack, right? You have to step to the side, you have to step to the side, and what that does is it keeps your field of view open on all of these bets at all times. So it's harder for uh, players to pinch or pass post. Here's the deal. When somebody's going to pass post or pinch uh, on a dealer, they're looking for dealers who are not following procedure. What they do is they shop the store. We call it shopping the store. They're gonna go through, they're going to be watching the dealers, watching the dealers, see which ones are not uh, following procedure, right? I get the name, I get the, the day that I came in, and I'll know your days off, I'll know the shift you work, and I know this is a weak dealer, and this is the one we're going to attack, right? So what happens is if you're not walking your game, that opens up the opportunity for them to pass post you, to pinch you. So that so if you follow procedure, they're not going to bother you, right? It's those that are get that uh, get lax when it comes to procedure, that's where they take advantage of it. So all these procedures that you learn in dealer school, if you if you deal by the book, the cheats don't want to uh, be part of that. They want the easy targets. They don't want the, the, the difficult targets, right? So that's mm -hmm. why the procedures are in place is to thwart all of this. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna share a story because a lot of you guys know this story. So we have a Discord community, mm -hmm. and it, it's pretty a lot of people that gamble, Dgen gamblers. We have a huge Discord. Well, I would say huge, pretty big, no. And um, so there's a casino who uh, is out there, and a number of these uh, Discord uh, gamers have uh, come across a dealer that they know of, a super weak dealer, under super weak management where if you come with enough money that's sort of an oddball amount uh like one example i think was like eight thousand seven hundred and fifty the dealer counts ahead i i i forget how they work uh it's it's a girl actually but how she works the color and you can end up getting like an extra two three thousand dollars wow uh like automatically so people have literally bought in on her table at her shift and they know about this and it's been shared in our community before. I don't know 
Has that been shared recently? Is that a recent thing or no? Has it's been it, a while? It's, well, that specific story was like a couple months ago. A couple months ago. So it started out where some some guy came and uh, bought in for quite a bit of money. And because you know we get around a little bit, you know me and Alex and and our our, our group, um, and this was sort of passed around. And, and then other people started trying. They're like, listen. You got to buy in on this table with this dealer when you come to Vegas, and then the rest of your trip is free. Wow! wow. <laughs> That's how what we. What a scam! I mean, oh can you imagine? Gosh, right? Yeah. But 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 this happens. I mean, you know, not that we're advocating for, for this, but we've right. heard this story from players because they're taking advantage of the weak dealer, the weak for sure, and a weak supervisor. Yep. By the way, we've heard from this supervisor, this floor of this casino. We won't mention any names. Uh, <laughs> we won't. I'm not even gonna do it under my cuff. I'll share it with you guys. Well, we're not gonna mention any names. But basically, there's a certain table game director who doesn't care. He's like, as long all I just want to get tables. I want to get asses and, and seats. And so his wow. his philosophy is literally, if it's if it's up or down two thousand, I'm not worried about it. Can you imagine that uh, that one or two thousand compounds to four Dude, or six, eight? And we know up, it right? does because we sure. know people that take it. Can you imagine an actual table game director told us that to our faces wow. at the casino where this is going on? And uh, you know we've tried to share this story, but it—I uh, mean, no one seems to care. It, it's quite stunning. I'll be honest with you. I have—I have been an auditor at a casino. I have worked as a consultant for a, a top-tier casino. And, uh, you know, top of the line group, by the way, uh, you know, board of directors, uh, a, 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 a group reporting to the board of directors. And unrelated to, to that, I, I think I, I had this kind of, I, I, I audited a table and um, it was about five, over about five hours and there were $800 in mistakes in favor of the player, which, you know, so a lot of mistakes are done by dealers in favor of the player because the, the, the dealers are less apt to take back, you know, money that you know a player. They're not, hey, sir, I overpaid you. You owe me twenty right, bucks. Right, you follow? Right. It, it, it's quite the opposite. If they short a player, they're they're more prone to say, hey, I shorted this player twenty bucks. And it, it's that whole sort of idea of getting tips and, and gaining favor with the player. You follow? For sure. For sure. So Absolutely. so many of these mistakes are always in favor of the player. And and this is this was a casino that doesn't do active box people. They they'll do a box on a real heavy game. But this, a five-year dealer over the course of about five hours is what I figure I, I want. $800 in mistakes for the player. And it, and, and so, you, where are the box people? You know, it, it's strange because uh, this is a whole nother topic, but I, I, I get asked a lot if I prefer box, if I prefer a box as a dealer. And I have to say I, I do because that way I don't have to be an adversary. I can let my box be the adversary. I can just be nothing but the friend. And For if sure. I run into an issue, it's this guy in the suit yep. that's the bad guy. Because the dealers are there to make tokes. They're there to be uh, friendly with the, with that's the players. It. The minute you tell the uh, player, oh, you're not supposed to do that, or, uh, yep. you know, then they don't talk you anymore. No, that's right. The box is the bad guy. The right? box is the bad guy. And Absolutely. the box, yep. be, having an active boxman could save these, these casinos so Thousands. much money. It, it just, it, it, I'm, I'm yep. always stunned. But anyways, okay. Oh, before uh, you go, there's go. a really interesting question. It says, what are the comps on reporting other players? What the are comps? The, the comps? comps? What do you oh, get? Oh, if you report other players, they're not going to comp you, unfortunately. No. Yeah. Basically, the comp system is different. The comp system is based off your theoretical win. That's another whole topic. You know, I don't want to get uh, too much in the weeds with that. But I think they're, they're just basically saying, listen, if you find a big cheat, does the casino you know, give you a bone? 
Not normally. There's a possibility they could go out on a whim and give you a buffet or whatnot, but uh, you know, it, it, it could be right. <laughs> so, but uh, normally, no, unfortunately. Thanks for saving us a hundred thousand. Yep. Here's your buffet. Here's your buffet, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Enjoy. Desserts on us. Yeah, there's a very little advantage. I, I the, the few people I've I've actually seen when I worked as a pit boss at the Bell. We definitely had, uh, it was strange because at that level, all of a sudden I started getting all this other feedback. Uh, I didn't realize that this went on on a regular basis, but people get butt hurt. Yeah. Players get very adversarial. And he's like, listen, that guy was taking advantage. I mean, they'll come right up to you, especially if you're not giving, if they're not getting the right cards. Uh, I, I knew this old guy who came off a blackjack game. He was so furious. He's like, dude, I know the guy's taking money from you. He's past posting, you know, and he just was hoping that we were going to boot this player. So, because he felt like this player was taking his cards. You know how sure, they are. They're, they're sure, just, absolutely. Uh, it's a little bit of crazy town. You know, yep. we ran the cameras back. We did find a little nuance mistake, but nothing that was purposefully done. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh, here's another thing. Go ahead. Mel said, "Where is this place? I would love to go there and buy it for eight fifty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this this is a thing, dude. This is a thing, and. I, I would one of these uh, I don't know if we'll have it here because this it goes on this 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 can go on for quite a while but basically I mean I have so many stories as a school we interact with on all different levels and uh, so we have protocols so we teach break-in dealers over and over and over again hundreds of them every month do you follow yep, sure. and so we not everybody is a math whiz and we want being a dealer to be accessible to as many people as possible and for the casinos to make it as easy as possible because you don't have to be a math whiz to deal blackjack. There's lots of ways to figure the math out Correct. that you don't have to have everything in your head. So we here, here's how this came about, by the way, this $2,000 uh, comment. Mm -hmm. So we teach uh, our blackjack deal, our break-in dealers, if, if they have a difficulty with math, they come out with the bet plus half the bet and proof it on the shuffle pad. Sure. Okay. That allows them then to stack it up and pay the player. Okay. This specific casino did not want us. They wanted to the, the dealer to come out of the rack from go with the whole amount, not to recount reds or anything, not to give them any slack. They had to come out with the rack completely from, from go, which we find is, is a bar a little too high. It's so silly. First of all, if I'm a supervisor and I'm not confident in someone's math paying blackjacks three to two, it doesn't sound like it's a lot, but it can be difficult for sure. people. Okay. Uh, a stat, I don't, I want to be confident that my deal is correct. And, and if I'm a supervisor watching a game, it's easy to see them and proof it right there at the shuffle pad. Okay. It's harder to see it on the spot. And it's 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 much easier to follow as well, and I and and the level of accuracy is much much higher. Very clean, it's transparent for everybody, not That's only it. the player, the supervisor, but also surveillance. That's right, and we're talking break-ins here. You can sure. see the bet plus half the bet. Yep. Boom, stack it up, send it out. Yep. So you avoid all these errors, you avoid the money issue, and and you lower the bar again. And and again, it's all about making this the job easier. For eventually, that same blackjack dealer six months from now is going to by default know what everything pays. For sure. So for example, thirty-five dollar blackjack, we know it pays fifty-two fifty. But if you don't know that, you can put the thirty-five, and then you have the half a pile, and you break down the twelve fifty, the five. You know what I'm saying? Yep. yep. And so it becomes such so easy. Yep. You follow, but and they'll get it eventually. They just need to break in and and start the process so we um we got a lot of flack uh they came in and they're like no no and it was listen 
we don't we're not worried about the mistakes from the rack if it's within two thousand dollars we're good because the other worry is we were training for a casino that was going to be taking a lot of higher end action now you really want to and you're 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 a new property you want to make this mistake from go you want people coming out of the rack paying six thousand dollar blackjacks mm. and you're going to want them come out of the rail instead of following the, the thing it's going to add up it's It'll going to add up, up. it's going for to sure. hurt for sure. i mean the same way that you, you know what made me a great well what made me a great crap dealer and what put me on high limit games like all the time was not that I was a genius at math. We, we had many people better at math than me. What made me good is that if you ever see me deal dice, I'm a very clean dealer. When I pay props, I break it down into each individual. If someone has multiple props, I have a system uh, called um, clean hands, okay? Where when I convert bets, for example, I always use the ch exactly the checks that I need instead of just grabbing whole stacks where I could like, you know, mistakenly put some down or pick some up. I don't go out with stacks. I go out with exactly the checks I need. I convert them uh, and then I pay bets separately and then I, I let the dealer on base. So let's say I have three different bets uh, that are complex, like, you know, a $75 or let's say a $78 C&E, a $35, you know, horn high 11, a bunch of nonsense, you know, those people like to be right. Sure. I pay them separately and then I deduct, you know what I mean? So, so I pay them and it's very visual yep. <clears throat> because crafts, of course, is an, is, is an audible game, is an audio game. That's yep. the thing that's missed a lot with surveillance because it's not visual as visual as let's say a blackjack game where all the money's in the circle and on the side you follow yeah yeah so i break it down and 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 sometimes it can be an extra step but it's very clear i make few mistakes minimizes your mistakes that way that's it's that's clean it. and transparent Absolutely. that's it and it, yep. it's always amazed me how people like no no you got to figure it all out in your head who, who wants to figure it all out? Nobody wants to figure it out. That, that's ridiculous. <clears throat> and I dealt the highest limit game when the Rio was owned by Marnell. Those are some of the highest limit games ever. And uh, they were easy because I was able to colors, colors and units. Yep. It makes it so simple. The more numbers you're adding up in your head, the more yep. chance of a mistake. No, 100%. That, that's time. what I was always told. Yep. I mean, that's the thing. All right. Really quickly, uh, Floor yep. Axis, thank you for the $10 super chat. He says, hit the like button, DGENs. Oh, by the way, 100 likes. And what are we giving away? You want to give away a CG hat? Oh my God, a whole hat, dude! Yeah, we we got to get to how many? We got to get to uh, 125. Uh, $9.99 nine from Mel. Just a uh, hippo doing a thumbs up. Fantastic, sir. Appreciate you. Thank All you. right. Uh, yeah, let's do it. You know what we have? We we have a limited edition. I brought it in my bag. I'm gonna give you my hat. You ready? I still have the tag. I haven't even taken the tag. I was gonna wear the hat just for Sue. Uh, Sue's out there, but I'm gonna give you the hat. I got it in my bag, dude. I got it in my bag. Here it is. Bam. Look at these. These hats came out so fantastic. This is a CG hat. Uh, we just got them. There's only four four others of these. This is mine. I haven't worn it yet. It's still got the tag on it. We got a tag. This is uh, real money, by the way. This tag. These, these hats are, are uh, these hats are nice, dude. We got them from literally the best embroiderer on the planet, Queensboro. Nice. I do like that. Dude, is that fantastic? Awesome. awesome. Well, listen, we send them the design. It's Queensboro. They're not a sponsor. Nothing like this. And uh, they, they're. If you want to get anything embroidered, I mean, literally, they took our logo. We, we, we tried out like three or four different embroidery shops. And what they do is it goes through this process where they make it just perfect. I mean, it's unbelievable. Top quality. Yeah. So 125 likes. We got to pass the 100 likes during this show, and that hat will go out. And by the way, Snapper, you, you dude, you've already won, okay, <laughs> twice. 
No more for you, sir. Okay, by the way, your thing went out, I think, today. Sticky's been busy, so we, we apologize for that. Been a little delay. I've been keeping, been uh, cracking the whip. All right, what's happening? Are we go, are we fading to black? Can I go pee? Oh my God. All right, by the way, okay. So, I'm, I'm, this is fantastic. This is a great conversation. Absolutely. Dude. I mean, Love you're, this stuff. So, I mean, we're going to mix our stories with your information. And, okay. So, here's the one intentionally defrauding the game. For sure. Okay, so go with that. Th one. There's, there's many different ways we can go with this. As we had said before, if you're past posting after the outcome, definitely cheating. But if you're past posting before the outcome and you are intentionally defrauding the game that way, mm -hmm. that's cheating. Or how about coming in and make a false claim? How many times does a player come in and make a false claim? Uh, so right there many. is defrauding the game right there, right? So yeah. all of that uh, kind of rolls into that. So, but the problem with defrauding the game is you gotta, you have to uh, uh, prove the intent. You know, right. are, are they actually doing that? But yeah. um, just being stupid. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So uh, that's also in the statute. So defrauding yeah. the game is definitely cheating. Uh, I mean, it, it's. I mean, I come across this a lot. This is this is one of the reasons why my clean hands thing. When I teach clean hands on this, so for example, people throw in prop bets, right? Mm -hmm. And if if they see an errant dollar or nickel, a lot of people, oh no, that's mine, right? And sometimes they just forget uh, and they don't know. Like uh, we we were on a game the other day, me and Alex. Excuse me, it was at the Strat, and you know we had been everybody. We were playing with all Hawaii. Uh, craps Hawaii, craps shooters, all you guys, and and so we're all betting. Uh, epic. Okay, so ready? Here's how it happened. Principal Skinner out there rolled uh, every number in the ATS. All he had left was the 11, 12, two numbers to go. He rolls the 11, and so uh, now all of us are throwing in hopping bets on the 12. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was sure I threw in two dollars. They did give it to me. But, uh, you know, I could only see a dollar out there, but I was sure because they, you know, stick people lock up money left and right sure. because they don't use clean hands. And, uh, of course, he rolled the 12. We all hit the hoppy bet, dude. I had $2 on that bad boy. Nice, but we, it was nice. amazing. He hit the ATS and the, and 12. the 12. It was fantastic. Wow. But that was a great example because the stick person went out with stacks and was just picking up checks. You can't do that. I, I always have everyone come out clean with the checks. You, you don't want to work That's with stacks of checks in your hands because it's too easy to pick up and put down. You just If someone throws a nickel and wants all the hard ways high something, you, you put that nickel, you replace it with five singles, and then you lock up the nickel. And then For you sure. have clean hands. You only use those five aces, you pull, yep. so that you can – it's all about game protection. But that happens a lot. Now, I, I didn't have any intention to fraud the casino. I legitimately tossed $2. $2, correct. You follow? Mm -hmm. Now, if, if they – you know, but I've been wrong before. Um, I was following this dude on the CNE one time, and I forgot. And um, I was like, "No, no, I really did it." And they were like, "No, no, you really did it." And the guy called up, and you know, I didn't apparently. So it happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. And as a supervisor, though, the other thing too is with with these we call them shots, right? You, you, yeah. you, have, you have a player taking a shot. Yeah. And if they take a shot at a game, oftentimes it's good to loop in surveillance because what you need to know is that some of these players are famous for this right oh. so you call up and say i had somebody over here that said they wanted to stand but they really wanted to hit or whatever the minute surveillance uh, zooms in and says oh no we know who this person is mm -hmm. then we have to get them out because they are a a uh, you know you know habitual shot taker and they're really there to defraud the casino and they make a living doing this no they 100 percent. i i know one of the one of the best shot takers i ever saw was a guy that used to play um 
What, what's that? A shell game with $3 bets. It was a $3 table back in the day. And he would bet $3 in the field, $3 come, $3 don't come, and $3 on a number. So if he had a comeback go to the number, he would put, and the DC went to number, he would also do a $3 place bet. It would just drive you insane. Oh, yeah. He had the most ridiculous, I don't know how he, he attempted, but he would always make claims on the DC or the come yep. based on and pick up his money and put down his money based on, yep. you know, where, and this was, of course, it was a breaking casino. So he got away with a lot of it until he was eventually just like, dude, we don't want your action. You For know sure. what I mean? Uh, but yeah, so I mean, there's a lot of that. You know, example there too. I remember I was doing a dice game, and a player comes up. I have a point of eight, right? Comes up, and he makes a pass line bet. We call it a put bet, right? In the middle of play, you can certainly do that. It's, it's totally legal to do that. So of course, as a dealer, I let the player know, taking a point of eight, sir, right? Didn't say a word. Put his money down the pass line. Very next roll, seven out. Picked up the pass line, went around. Whoa, whoa! What are you doing? What are you doing? I said, Sir, we had a point of eight. It's a seven. Of, oh, I didn't know we had a point of eight. I would have bet the come. Why am I going to bet the pass line in the middle <laughs> of a right? Yeah. So what is you know what is he yeah. trying to do here? It's a shot, right? Yeah, taking a shot. So, yeah. a lot yeah. of shots on dice. A lot of shots. So ready? I got I got one for you. Now that we mentioned put bets, because we have this outstanding conversation with our community a little bit. So I um, a, a top tier casino. Uh, you know how you can bet a put bet? You can go and say, I want $5. So here's what happens. Okay. If if you're on a game, a busy game, and you forget your come bet, mm -hmm. and a six rolls, mm -hmm. okay? And I've had a lot of customers, they don't like betting place bets. They, they're just come betters. Yep. Okay? But they got distracted, cocked a waitress, and then they'll be like, they'll throw me a nickel with two red and say, here, put that on the six. And it's literally a put bet. You I just move yep. it. I move it onto the six. Sure. Five dollars flat, ten dollars odds. Sure. Not because, and I don't even bother saying, "Hey, it's." First of all, it's not better as a place bet because a fifteen dollar place bet only pays seventeen dollars on the sure. six. So you're gonna get the same two dollars back, right? Sure. And and someone like that, I just do it. I don't even have a conversation because that's just what they are. They just come betters, okay? Yep. So we had someone go to Bellagio. Uh, I shouldn't have said Bellagio. Okay. Uh, we had someone go to a casino that I won't name. <laughs> Somewhere on the center strip. Okay. And fade to black. And fade to black. Uh, and uh, they went to make uh, uh, put bets. And so they told him, there's no put bets. And I said, uh, what do you mean there's no put bets? Yeah, we don't do put bets here. It was, a, it, was a, it was a floor supervisor said there was no put bets here. And I was like, well, what? <laughs> First of those all, those are very good uh, bets for the house. Those no, hundred percent. Those are house bets all day long. So, so what it was is, is the way it was explained to me is the the point was four, okay. right? And and someone wanted to put on the six and eight, just sure. want to come bets on the six and eight. Yeah. And they said, no, no, you got to go through. You have to start to the come. We only let you start to the come. And I was like, so. I, I had a conversation with someone associated with this who, who came in and asked me like if this is a thing and I said listen if if the point comes out on the six right and and the big button okay is mm -hmm. the game is on six and you walk up to a table put money on the pass line that's a put bet it's the Just same like exact said, thing it's right? exactly the same so thing. the come and the pass are like brother and sister same exact bet right, right. only the pass line is working with a puck mm -hmm. All of the numbers up there are basically pass line numbers, That's if you it. will, and you can actually. So here, here's an example. Let's say, for example, I have um, every single uh, number with a come bet on it, right? And I've got odds on all of them. Coming out, seven front line winner seven. All of those come flats uh, will lose, right? But me as a player, I said, no, 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 I don't want those to lose. I throw you $30, $5 to put me all back up on all those. You're going to do it all day long. And those are all put bets is what you just did. You just replenished all of those flat yeah. bets. 
So at the Cromwell, remember when Cromwell had 100 times odds, you'd have put bettors over there. Sure. Because put bets, in some cases, mostly with the 5 and 9, by the way, uh, pay, because you can't get away. Uh, we'll go over the strategies later, but it. Uh, but with the five and nine, a put bet makes more sense. Even at, you know, you start getting back money, especially if you have a hundred times odds. Oh, yeah, huge. It's it's hard to return on a four and ten. It's not a thing because if you just buy them, you get the advantage yep. of that. Uh, and of course, if you're allowed to buy it, and you're a lot of local places now, they they have uh, buys on the five and nine. They automatically buy it in the local markets. Oh wow! So there are casinos now that just quite give you the buy. They pay three to two on the five and nine plus five minus five percent vig. But are they taking the vig before or after the post? Yeah. Post. Oh, Post, well, then, yeah. yeah, then so it's worth it. Then, yeah. It's 100% worth it. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't want to do anything else. You don't want to do it if it's up front, but if it's right. after the fact, yeah, by all 100%. means, do it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they would, they would, you know, and, and the other reason why I've seen people do put bets is if they're trying to go two ways to the number, they've met the limit. Uh, sure. So I've had a yep. few players who, in a $1,000 game especially, have gotten to a thousand dollar. They're literally sixty four hundred dollars across, wow. and the only way to add more money to the table is to make a put bet, right? Because sure. there's two ways to the number. Sure. Now, interestingly, all right. Before we get off this topic, we'll go to the next one. So I'm at the Grand Casino. Uh, I'm I'm in the middle of an epic hand. It's my hand that I won forty nine thousand one hundred and twenty five dollars from. Nice, nice. Off of the thirty two dollars across. Oh wow. Uh, I wasn't playing with my money at the time, so I was going super aggressive, and okay. So, the boxman there. Now, now. Meanwhile, I'm I'm currently the pit manager at the dice pit manager at the Belle Baton Rouge. Okay, mm-hmm. and I'm 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 on vacation, so to speak. Uh, and I'm the, he tells me I can own five thousand dollar table. He would they would only let me take. I have five thousand dollars on the four, five thousand dollars on the five, and five thousand dollars. He would not let me go to six thousand dollars on the six. Would not. Oh, that's standard, though. And, Usually and, you should be able to. And he tells me, sir, it's a $5,000 game. I'm a, I'm a professional. I'm a casino professional because I'm arguing with him. Right. I don't tell him, like, what my role is or that I have any right. background. He, does, he knows nothing. And my friend that I'm with is a doctor who knows absolutely. That was the whole reason I would play with him. Uh, but I was like, I, and then I finally broke out with, dude, I'm, I'm running a dice pit up the street. How do you not have we? It's six thousand dollars all day long. Uh, all day long, uh, you know, five dollar game. If you have a five dollar game, it's thirty two dollars across because there's time. six dollars on the six and eight. For sure, we're just adding zeros. Yep. You yep. follow? Yep. So like, how do you? How are you uh, paying me and not letting me? I would not. They would not let me. Even even the ship boss came up. No, no, I'm gonna go with the boxman. That is surprising. Isn't that amazing? Oh, wow. I was at the okay. Grand Casino. It was like sixteen years ago. Sixteen, seventeen years wow. ago. Uh, yeah. So uh, yeah, a lack of training, dude. So they're gonna make you uh, bet a place bet on the six for five thousand. For five thousand, five eight eight three, right? Five eight eight three, three, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, brutal. Wow. Yeah, wow. no. Yeah, they would not let me go to six thousand. That's th- this. Uh, I, that's all they rolled four fives and six. It was fantastic, dude. Oh god. Nice. That's a nice right, run ready? right there. No, we we loved. It. All right, so ready? Here's a good one. We're gonna have a lot of stories on this one. Do we have any questions yet? Any super chats? Uh, really quickly, we how are we a... not raising money for Sticky's uh, birthday? What's well, going speaking on? speaking of which, oh that's, that's the super chat. Really? Uh, we have we... a twenty dollars super chat from Christopher Bird Trucking. Oh. Sticky's B Day Fun uh, Come yep. Bet because you need to come on their birthday. Uh, everybody wants to come on their birthday, especially because he's gonna play dice. Here is uh, the actual he's... little version gambler thing. Yeah, look at that. We have moved the needle, dude. So. I'm sticky. We're trying to get sticky to 10k. <clears throat> okay. To Epic. His birthday is in March, and um, 
We're yeah, so we're we're about like twelve hundred. Yeah, twelve hundred is 1200. give or take. And so, uh, well, let's just say seventy percent because uh, YouTube keeps thirty percent. But uh, I matched the first thousand, so we're we're, we're quite literally uh, two thousand, unless you know, unless we get whacked before uh, before your birthday, buddy. Unless like you know what I mean. That's unless I'm on the ground, kind of thing, six feet deep. You know what I mean? In the <laughs> elevator on the first floor? No, okay. What what is this? Uh, the horseshoe? Yeah. Hey, how we doing? How many likes do we got? Are we? Are we? We're, is we're at ninety three. We're huh? at 93. 93? 93. Oh, my nice. God. The Almost hat's at there. risk, dude. Yes. The hat's at risk. Okay, good. Also, uh, Alan Toy says, question for Daddy David. Can you put the 2, 3, and 11, and 12? Can you put bet the 2, 3, and 11, and if 12 If you're on a crapless, crapless crap game, 100%. Yes. Yeah, I yes, mean, you, you can. can uh, if you're on crapless craps, I mean, we're going to start trading. We're going to have to add crapless craps. There's a lot of casinos. So, interestingly, you know the history behind crapless craps? No, I'm not. So Bob Stupak, it's Bob Stupak's game. Mm -hmm. uh, he owned Vegas World prior to the Strat. He's the one who came up with the Stratosphere idea. Mm -hmm. And uh, God, he was the most gimmicky casino manager ever on the planet. And he, um, I loved going in there, not all the time, because it was so gimmicky that you felt like you were being cheated. You know what I mean? You had to go in there with a clean pair of underwear, and you didn't get out <laughs> with the same pair of underwear kind of thing. You know what I mean? It was one of those. You had to check for skid marks about halfway through the property, you know, and uh, so so Vegas, so Bob Stupak really invented. I, I don't know. I'm 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 assuming he himself did not, but that was the only place in town that had it. And then the very next, but you guys, everybody knows now what the answer to this it used to be a trivia question: Who was the next first casino to have crapless craps on the Las Vegas Strip, or literally anywhere for that matter? After the Strat? After the Strat, who was the only other? You you haven't been here that long, and you'd really have to dig for this. I seriously doubt you know it. Was it Harris? No. It was not Harris, but it was close. It was located very close. It was Little Caesars. Uh, so there used to be a little okay. dive on the strip uh, called Little Caesars. And uh, it... Uh, it was famous for, not, not really for Crapless Crap. Well, the Crapless Craps game they had was a bird game, 25-cent table. Mm -hmm. uh, they were famous for being the East Coast bookies. So they had a guy in there that was a genius uh, bookie. And they had these, if, if you went to Little Caesars, so it was in this strip parking lot where uh, Paris is now, approximately where Paris is now. It was in this little strip mall. There was one other little casino on the other side that Becky used to work at. She, one of our teachers, she could tell you, it was way back 80s, 90s. And then Little Caesars was in the other corner, uh, well, towards the other corner. And then across from that, there was this whole bank of uh, payphones. And uh, throughout the day, when lines came up at Little Caesars for, for the sports book, the, uh, the bookies, you know, they would call over the lines to the East Coast. That's where they got their lines from. Got they might have gotten their lines at different uh, you know, other places, but Little Caesars, that bookie in there was literally the lines guy. And one of the reasons Bob Stupak took out a million, it was one of the biggest bets ever. It was a million dollars. And uh, he won. He won the million plus his juice. I forget wow. what the game was. This was back in 90-something, um, 94, 93, I forget, 95. Uh, Alex, do you remember the Bob, what was the Bob Stupak game that he won the million dollars on? Do you remember? A Ravens game? Do you remember? No. But anyways, he won a big bet, million bucks. And he, he gifted Little Caesars. Di a crapless dice game uh, gotcha. and uh, a car an antique car that they were famous for 
But uh, but yeah, so it's an cool. interesting bit nice of uh, Vegas trivia, buddy. I like it. I like it. All right. So Two more things. Good. So Robert Barnes says, question, have firm dates for the birthday bash? What's this? If we have any firm dates for the birthday bash. So we, uh, we're working on firm dates. Uh, it's going to be a bit of a staycation. The Bengals. The Bengals. What year was it? January 22nd, 1989. 1989. Holy crap. January 22nd. Yeah. A million and 50,000 to win a million. A million and 50,000 to win a million. Yeah, the juice was 50. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Perfect. Yeah. That was Mark there. Fantastic. Yeah. So, true story. I mean, it was amazing. I wasn't there for that part of it, but... I would definitely, it was so cool. You could see all those bookies. You, you couldn't use those phones uh, most of the day because there were bookies calling in all the lines. So if you were an East Coast better back then, you got your lines in Little Caesars, quite literally. Oh, amazing. All right. Another thing. Super chat from Principal Skinner, 1999. Uh, for Sticky's B-Day Fund. This wow. goes to uh, Sticky's first uh, we, casino cards. Uh, Principal Skinner paid my rent last month. The good thing for you, yeah. Uh, that was a. By the way, you're the first. That was the first shooter I ever bet. Actually, bet the ATS and got paid on the ATS. Uh, so that was fantastic. Cause I, I'm, I'm not one for betting side bets like right. that. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. and uh, but of course we were all having fun, and uh, yeah. So he, he, he almost shot it twice in a row. Ooh, that's how that's good. Tough to do. Yeah, that tough was to do. tough to do. All right, you ready? Uh, question for Mark says. Mark. Uh, so Jason says question on dice. What is a common mistake that players can do that appear like cheating? Common mistake? Well, that could be uh, pass posting that don't. That's one. And, and oftentimes, because people don't know craps uh, very well, uh, you know, it's it, it basically uh, new players, right? It's a very intimidating game. So they come up and they don't know where to bet. It may look like they're cheating when they pass post that don't. Or they might take money off a pass line. Those are really the two right there. Uh, that might look like cheating, but they really don't know what they're doing, right? So that's where, again, we go back to the intent. Um, and that's where the dealer, when you see a player that is unsure of what they're doing, it's up to you to definitely educate them on the game. And, and you do it in such a way that is nice and, you know, uh, I'm sorry, but you're not supposed to take money off that or uh, you're not supposed to bet that after the, the puck the, the, you know, puck is on. So um, it might appear that it's cheating, but, uh, again, what was the intent? Oftentimes the intent was not to cheat, but uh, because they just don't know the game. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think I think taking the pass line is the most common. Taking the pass line, yeah. Because they just yep. don't know any better. They might see someone take money off the don't, and then they assume they can just take money. You right. Know? Or as people are taking money from the field and other areas as they're getting paid, they're like, well, they can take mine off. You know, I'm not sure. happy. Sure. All right. So recruiting dealers to assist collusion. Huh. What is collusion? Collusion is where a dealer and a player, they call it a dealer agent scam. The agent is the player and the dealer is in on the scam. That is one of the most dangerous things that happen. And what will happen is uh, dealers could be uh, approached by a player to say, uh, we'll, we'll cut you in on this if, if you cheat with us. If you're a dealer, don't get involved. Tell you because it, you will you will get caught eventually. You might not get caught on day one, but it definitely uh, you definitely get caught. And that does happen where um, players will recruit the dealers to get in on the scam, whether yeah. it be doing a false shuffle or uh, you know there's there's so many different ways to do it. So um, and and it does happen. It does happen. And and oftentimes. Uh, the dealers actually every time the dealer will be will get arrested with the players. It's basically a, a, a team uh, game, if you will, between the the player and the uh, dealer. I've um, I've seen this a lot. 
I wouldn't say a lot, a lot, but uh, this is more common, in, in some ways, more common than the just a player only things that I've seen on a dice game where there's collusion. Amazingly, collusion with a whole table recently came up at a casino who we won't name, might begin with a B and be like a bell. Mm -hmm. uh, but they had a whole crew who got pinched. Uh, for being inclusion, they would have a. They literally orchestrated where a player would come up at a hopping bet, and a hopping bet is a is a bet on the next roll of the dice, obviously. Yep. And whatever the person threw in, like fifty bucks, they would be like, "That's a bet." And then whatever rolled, that, that was that, that was, was the call. That was the roll. We call that ghost bets. Those are ghost bets. Basically, yep. they will mumble something, mm -hmm. and the dealer books whatever hits. Yeah. You know, and when you have an entire crew that uh, that is turned, we call it turning the dealers. You turn the dealers. And they will um, actually uh, cheat the game with the player. Yeah. Now that story there, David. Uh, yeah. Those dealers are part of the excluded list for the, uh, and the for gaming control. So yep. they, they've made it. Now when you get on the excluded list, that means you cannot step foot in any Nevada casino. Not even to go in to eat at a restaurant. You're just excluded completely of going into a casino. It's actually a crime to uh, go into a casino. You get arrested for it. Yeah. Uh, well, list. Question for me, actually. Do casinos share that information? And how do they share that information? Oh, that's a great question. Share, share what information? I'm sorry. Like if someone cheated, like you just said, and they get 86, like is that, how do they share that information? I'm just kind of curious. That information is shared among uh, different casinos. Oftentimes there are databases uh, where surveillance uh, does have databases where all this is shared. Wow. Yes. Uh, so we have a couple questions here. David, were you ever approached to collude? Uh, sort of. In the very early stages, uh, when I was first, I had some people, I had a guy meet me uh, at the Fremont, actually. Me and a friend of mine were uh, at the sportsbook there, and he asked me if I was a dealer, where I work. He knew where I was working. Uh, and I, I instantly got the sense that they were trying to feel me out for, you know, working a table. And uh, it, it was a very strange conversation. Like they were definitely trying to interrogate how long have I been dealing and you know, this kind of thing, where I was dealing, would I be up for making some money? You know what I mean? Then it was leading on to, you know, how, what are my bills looking like this month? Sure, yeah, you know what I mean? They're leading me down that road, for sure. For yeah, sure. so I, um, I, I was literally, I was actually with a friend of mine who was, you know, placing bets at the time and uh, I, I knew right away. That there's been a few times where I've been dealing blackjack and, um, you know, I've been asked to kill a hand, uh, you know, once. Hey, what, why not we just call it a day? And uh, I had this lady one time who had bet a big hand, and um, and I don't I don't remember specifically, but I know that you know she she had asked me to kill a hand, and I actually reported her to my supervisor, and then she had been interacting this way with other dealers and try to tip them, say, hey, if you don't take, I'll just throw you five bucks, we'll just kill the hand. Where the dealer, she had gotten the dealer to actually, so by killing a hand, the dealer makes a mistake. Uh, at some point, and then you know some supervisor will come over and say, "Listen, you know they'll just back the money off the spots and just mm -hmm. kill the hand so nobody mm -hmm. loses." And so she was doing it after the dealer had pulled a card. She was asking wow. for them to, wow. yeah. you know, to kill the hand, sure, and uh, you know, offering to throw them some money. So, you know, I, I haven't, I, I've heard of it sort of um, extraneously. Like I, I know of people that, especially on crap, uh, crap tables, because it's such a verbal game. Yeah. Uh, and so there's not a lot of it. There's a lot that a dealer can do on base and just accept say, hey, bet. And it could be anything. Someone throws down one black check and, you you know, is it says 96 across. Well, it could be 32 across. Right. It could be 96 across and working. 
and you're the dealer and you book it and they're like, no, no, 32 across and working or, or no, I was off. You follow? It's right. so easy to defraud the game. That's why it's so hard from a surveillance perspective because to your point earlier, they don't have, you know, they, they can't hear what's going on in the game, but they can, they can watch it. But there are ways that you take a look at it to say, um, how did that all happen? You know, uh, does it look irregular? And that's really what we go on is, was it irregular or not? So. Yeah. Um, when you take a look at this other scan where, where the crew was uh, doing these ghost bets, mm -hmm. how likely is it for the uh, players to have this many bets that hit every single time? And, and it was astronomical. It, it was. was millions. They won yeah. a million bucks they took sure. from the game, right? Yep. At least. Uh, which I find it so weird that they got away with it as long as they did. It went on for like a year, right? For sure. Is what they investigated. You know, there was an incident at the win, by the way. Uh, back in the day and uh, the rumor goes that Steve Wynn looked back on the cameras and started literally firing everyone associated with this scam I won't I won't go into all the details but I know there's a I know a few de dealers related to this from back in the day and a lot of supervisors were not safe even though so what he did basically is he scrolled back surveillance and if you were within a foot of that podium when something would have been reported and you didn't sort of carry it on I mean if you heard it had a whim he just fired you now, you weren't fired like with direct cause because you couldn't prove anything, you follow? And I know mm -hmm. a lot of wonderful people, or not a lot, a couple specifically, who just happened to be in the pit and really didn't know. And I trust that they know because they've had exemplary careers, you follow? But, but he went back and said, listen, if, if, if you were close to what was going on, and you didn't even, if you didn't sniff it out or hear about it, he just felt like everybody had to go. Wow. And that's what they did. They, you know, I, I was... Um, I was, you know what's interesting? I do have a collision story. I, I actually do have a direct, I went to work at the Imperial Palace, many, many, the IP, many years ago. Uh, one of our, Kirk, one of our dealers, uh, also, he was one of the dealers, uh, okay, no, I probably should have said it, but he wasn't in collusion, nothing like this. It was uh, someone else was involved, but he was sort of a part of the fallout. You know, we both have had, so I was hired several days before they decided to let all these dealers go that were at the IP. It was a table for table job. Mm, wow, nice. You see, so yeah. it promoted kind of bad behavior. Yep. And dealers were setting up bets with themselves with the help of the players, some specifically. And a few dealers got sort of ensnarled in that where there were layover bets or you were tapping someone out. And you know, it was hard not to be involved even, even by accident. Sure. You, you follow sure. because you're yep. if you have a second base if you have a third base dealer and the person's there and they have a dealer bet that they've colluded with the player and now you're coming in as the new dealer yep. that bet's still in play yep. so who's to say who was the you know at risk kind of thing yep. so it was it was interesting because they were they were basically able to collect like ridiculous amounts of tokes off of dead games that were just weren't getting the kind of action you would expect wow, you follow yeah so I, I i showed up at the point so my story goes i showed up at the podium one morning and uh they let go 14 well no 11 dealers that day they brought them in talk shit to, a few of them they had already let go but some of them they were like they literally had them show up for their shift in dealer you know what i mean that was the punishment yeah but this was back when see nowadays they probably would have arrested some of those guys oh for sure they were all guys by the way they wasn't a single girl not that i remember but they would have perp walked them because casinos love doing that. They love here's this. This is the cheater. You know, we'll we'll arrest them on the game. And they love bringing you in, by the way. Yep. Uh, so don't expect a nice call while you're at home saying, "Hey, we caught you cheating. Don't come in." They love Make having an example. you. They love having you come in. Yep. They love putting the bracelets on you. 
uh, and um, you know, perp walking your ass right out For the sure. game. Oh, 100%. The day that they call you to make sure you come in, maybe they offer you a double, you know what I mean? And you're like, oh, fantastic. <laughs> that, might be, that, that might be an indicator the right guy. there. Yeah. That's the day, yeah. All right, you ready? I have uh, tons of questions, Oh, a lot of questions. Wow. Uh, so going back to earlier, if you're excluded from a casino and the databases, does that include just Nevada or outside too? If you go to the excluded list on the Gaming Control Board website, that would mean that you are only excluded in Nevada. You could okay. uh, go to another state unless that state is, is, is excluded you, right? Yeah. So if you go right to their website, you can see everybody who is excluded. And again, uh, any of them, if they were to step foot in a Nevada casino, they would be arrested. Interesting. Uh, you know... I mean, and just to add to that, uh, most casinos will honor uh, if if they they on they look at these lists, uh, and they're pretty cognizant. I, I I say that because there there are there have been some really big high profile issues recently. I, I won't go into it. Is a movie going to be made out of one of them, for example? And the casinos have definitely sort of taken a much more proactive role in kind of looking around. You know, amazingly, casinos were islands unto themselves, a very competitive environment. So you would have, and, and it seems hard to believe, but let's say you're a high, a big ass player who loses $3 million at a casino, okay? But somehow you get, you know, uh, you're involved or entangled in something related to that casino. Maybe it's a marker action or a friend of yours you referred. And because once you get to that level, there's there's all sorts of different things dynamics that go on so for example if you're a big player maybe you refer another big player who doesn't have who might be a little shady but the casino is willing to say okay no worries we'll mm -hmm. work it out as long as on paper everything looks good mm -hmm. and then something goes bad but then but then they get accepted at a whole different casino maybe not the same owners but a different casino this goes on all the time it's amazing to me that they don't they they haven't been in the business of sharing a lot of this information with each other, or the casinos can be, you know, can I say a little bit greedy? I mean, uh, they they're willing to say, okay, if you come to us, and they'll they'll try to change the rules a little bit to make it more transparent, maybe, mm -hmm. and say, yeah, you had a problem over there, but when you come to us, let's do this, this, and this, and you know, we'll make a better better go of it. But it hasn't always worked out so well. So I, I do know that casinos, especially on the bigger levels, the upper tiers, they're much more cognizant. If you get put on these lists, it's, it's, it, it becomes increasingly more difficult to play. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah, yeah so they, even if it's like, like uh, Mark said, you know, we have the Nevada blacklist is what it's called. Uh, and, you know, that will, uh, and this, by the way, started from way back in the day because they're worried about, you know, the gangsters and the proliferation of sure. the mob and yep. things like this. And they, they had to appear like, it was an honest racket. Uh, so, and and by the way, the, the Clark County or the Gaming Commission was famous uh, for you know really you know putting the, the, an end to some really notorious people and holding their ground, even though they they were threatened and harassed. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's all these stories out there that you know they went through and they literally had to hold their ground. There's some famous, uh, really famous stories on how they you know. Uh, they did that, but anyways, all right. What Once you're on the list, there's no coming off, so that's uh, that's one thing to think about. Yeah, it's it's a pretty permanent. Yeah, you're, pretty you're, on, permanent you're on there thing. for good. Yeah, yep. no, there's no uh, no way off. The now the appeal process is long, but once you exhaust that, you're you're out. Yep. Uh, you're kind of el screwed. All right, what else you got? Anything else? Why is advantage car play considered cheating? 
Ooh. Why is advantage? I knew we card play. Advantage card play, like counting cards. Counting cards is actually not cheating. Okay, it's it's that's one thing is we have to draw the distinction between cheating and advantage play, right? What advantage play is is you're playing the game by its rules, but you actually have an advantage against the house, right? So when we talk about card counting, that is a is a classic uh, form of advantage play, which means now you flip the advantage from the house to the player. It's not cheating, but we don't really want you to play because we can't make any money on you. So we basically restrict your play in blackjack. So it's very important not to confuse the two where advantage play is playing by the rules. You're not doing anything wrong by statute, but you do have an advantage against the house. So we will stop that. Yeah. I mean, casinos clearly you need to win some money. They got big bills to pay. That's right. That's you know? right. Of course. So they, 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 it's called walking, you know, walking off a game or, you know, if, if you're found cheating and supervisors, a lot of basic floor supervisors uh, don't have all the skill sets necessarily, but without a doubt, once that, that win gets above a certain limit or if the play, if the play gets a bit funky, mm -hmm. then you'll have your, you know, those supervisors then will start playing a role. Surveillance is taught to look out for this kind of play. Sure. They'll call it down to the pit Then you'll have a ship boss come over. They'll watch the game a little bit. And then ultimately they'll just walk over and they'll say, Hey, uh, there's actually some really famous, uh, there's some real famous ones on YouTube where, where people have been walked off and they've explained sort of how it's done. But uh, yeah, casinos are usually, it's not illegal. So you it's won't not get illegal. Arrested. Uh, but before you back somebody off, you have to be 100% sure that they actually are an advantage player. Mm -hmm. Somebody might be counting cards, but are they really counting cards? You have to really analyze that play. There's a, there's a very uh, a rigid process of doing that to make sure that they actually do have a verifiable edge against the game. You know, yeah. if, if you could be backing off a really good play and they're, they're, they're not counting cards. I was backed off at the horseshoe for, so I have this notorious system, especially when I'm loaded up. Uh, I bet two spots. Mm -hmm. At the time, it was $5 each. And I let the one spot do seven, either one do seven hands of wins, mm -hmm. right? So I've had, in some cases, I've had $5 and $1,500. Mm -hmm. And it attracts uh, all the supervisors sure. start paying real close attention. Yep. But they don't know me because if they knew me, they would know that there's no way in hell <laughs> Dave is, is counting cards. Right. I'm just going with the hand that wins. Mm -hmm. This one would kept winning. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I've been backed off a game. I've been asked to uh, cash out. They didn't take my checks or anything, but I've been asked to cash out and go home. Uh, and I was able to play there again not too long. Right. I wasn't blacklisted or anything like that. But they just weren't interested in. They just it was it was so curious. They were like coming at it from different angles, trying to figure out where I was in the shoe, and you know what I mean. It was like this whole this whole thing. But yeah, no, I, I think that's that's it. Is as supervisor to be trained well to know what is and what isn't. You have to know because here's the here's the deal with card counting. Uh, a big tell, if you will, is if they're spreading their bets. You know, they're going from a base and they spread it ten units, twelve units, twenty units. That could be the first uh, red flag, if you will. Yeah. But here's the deal, though. What if you're spreading your bets mm -hmm. in a positive shoe and you're spreading your bets in a negative shoe? Then you're not counting. You just like to spread your bets. That's all it really is. That's it. Well, See, Alex likes to spread his bets. I'm <laughs> just, he spreads all the time, right? All the time, yeah. Right? All the time. He's a big spreader, dude. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Okay, but I will tell you this. What if you spread the bets in a positive shoe and you flat bet in a negative shoe? Yeah. That tells a much different story, right? So right. Now, now that would verify that you could probably be counting cards. But yeah. if you're always increasing your bets in all the shoes, whether it be positive or negative, 
then we're not going to back you off, right? Yeah, 100%. Well, love it, dude. I mean, you were literally the guy. See, he's going to fit right in. He already knows about spreading, sir. <laughs> he's quantified spreading. He's spreading for the win. we got Alex now in the background of our D&D. Okay. Uh, all right, so let's do this one. And this is interesting because back in the day, I still have more questions. Oh, you got more questions? Yeah. Well, let's go with the questions. Go. What happens if an excluded player is a guest of a whale in a restaurant? I can't uh. see them saying no to a whale. Oh, they will. Ex well, here's here's the deal. They cannot, an, an, an excluded person cannot be in the casino, period. They just can't. The casino mm. cannot allow them to be in their establishment. Yep. Yeah, under any. Yeah, it is uncomfortable. It is uncomfortable because you want the whale to stay there. I get that part, but that person cannot be in the casino. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. It's almost like this. What if a whale was in the casino, and they wanted to bring their 18-year-old son on the floor with them? They can't have somebody under the age of 21 in the gaming area, even though we still want the whale to be playing. We still cannot have that 18-year-old on the floor. If, yeah. if, if you want to draw that uh, that uh, parallel. Yeah. All right, what else you got, Sticky? Are people who control dice considered advantage players as well or frowned upon, or is that not a thing? Controlled dice, that is a great um, topic. So when we talk about controlled dice, um, if, they ha if they are sliding the dice, that would be controlling them and cheating, yes, because you're not supposed to be sliding the dice across the layout, right? So if you have somebody setting the dice and trying to control them, doesn't necessarily mean they are controlling them because there are there is this myth out there that somebody can set the dice a certain way mm -hmm. and they can land a certain way and, and make that happen. Uh, you know, basically come up with whatever they want them to roll. Um, and we have a lot of fans that uh, are into that. They, they a lot of dice that? setters. Okay. They're in. They, they so, pay. <laughs> Go ahead. So the thing is, is um, I have never seen in my career somebody banned or backed off because they were yep. controlling the dice. 100%. Okay? They've been backed off for card counting. Yep. They've been backed off, but they've never been backed off for controlling the dice. Uh, the other thing, too, is this. Try proving it. Okay? So somebody has the dice here, and the dice actually go up in the air. They bounce and they tumble. Prove that those dice were controlled. Can't prove it. But I can prove this. If I slide the dice across the layout, and the dice uh, has a six up, and there's still a six on the die by the time it gets to the end of the end, end of the uh, layout. Mm -hmm. Then I can verify that that has been slid, but I cannot prove that those dice were controlled in any way when they were airborne. The other thing you got to think about is how much uh, force it takes those dice to have it go off its axis in the air. To have those dice actually land, here's the thing: you have to think about a die. It's, it's right here. Let me pull out this die. Right here's this die here. Right when this lands. For that to be controlled, it has to actually land perfectly flat. If that is off its axis by just a micrometer, even just a little bit, and it hits that uh, that corner, it's going to go into a full tumble, and when it hits the alligator skin, it's over with. You have to actually have this die come up in the air. It has to land perfectly level in order to be controlled. Okay, I can control it if I take it here and slide it across the layout. That's easy to do. But to have this die actually come up and uh, turn in the air and actually land like that, every single roll, we have people working on it. Is nearly impossible. We have people working on it. Nearly. I agree. But the thing is, is, I get this question a lot. I've never seen anybody backed off in my career for this. Never. So the only time I've ever seen someone backed off 
for being a setter is taking too long to set the dice. That I've seen. That I've seen. Because, because you take away from the game. Exactly. I have uh, my famous story, and I, I'll just, I'm not going to say who it is, and a lot of you know who it is, but I, I was, uh, I, I dealt on a dice game, and this person came with a whole group of people, and they asked them before they even really made contact with the table to leave the casino. I'm not leave the casino, but not to play dice. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's one of those things where they were just they had these you know weird, I, w- I would say because we, we do have a lot of people who like to set dice. I'll be honest with you, I set my dice a certain way when mm-hmm. I throw them. I don't practice my my throw. I don't do anything like that. But there's a certain way I like to fix my dice before I throw them because that's I'm superstitious that way. You know what I mean? I just want to have that. But I I've heard so there are people that claim that they were backed off for making winning a lot of money. And that this is not a thing. I've seen people take hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars from a craps game. Sure. And they weren't backed off. And I, I know someone who happened to set the dice, a similar hard way set, by the way, uh, similar to the way I set dice, and take a million. He was in 300000 Him taking a million was not a far cry, right? And they never, they didn't back him off. And he took forever. He, he bounced the, the, he did these practice rolls, and you know what I mean? But they, they tolerated it because, you know, he was in 300000 You fall? Yep. So... It's one of those we get asked a lot, and I, I've never seen. I have seen a slider. Sliders, that's definitely cheating. One hundred percent cheating. I've, I've seen one person. I've also seen a guy. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I saw. I, I opened up a casino. I opened up. A, it, was it a play, it Might have been a, actually a players. No, it was at Bell. It was at the Bell. Um, we had this guy come on, and um, apparently had figured out a way to um, apply something to his his pinky. And uh, throw the dice and, and have manuf- try to manufacture a roll. And uh, oh, when he released it, I actually was watching. He, he looked li- literally out of the bayou. Oh, my God. Of course, I didn't lower my phone. Uh, he looked like he literally came out of, like, you know, there's a lot of swamps down there. Dude. And mm-hmm. they got the swamp people. I mean, not, no takeaway from swamp people. I love, I love crocodile skins. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, uh, he released the die, and you could see there was, like, this uh, substance on the die. It's the only time I've ever seen someone try to literally put something on the die. For sure. And um, it, it was so weird. They took him off the. Luckily, the 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 boat hadn't moved yet, uh, so we were still we were still were we still we were still at dock, I believe. I don't know. But anyways, uh, it was the only time I've ever seen someone um, with trying to influence the dice with some kind of you know solution. It was a real sticky like. A, there's two different solutions you can use. I think one is a zinc and uh, there's another solution to either make the die uh, skid faster yeah. and others to slow it down. Oh. So there's two different solutions you can actually put on dice. Yeah. Um, and that would definitely be something you are tr- trying to defraud the game. Once again, that would also be in that category of cheating. Yeah. But yes, they can actually, it's almost like a daub. When you uh, talk about daub on a card, they're marking the cards with a certain substance. Yeah. They're actually marking these, di- not marking the dice, but uh, influencing the dice with a uh, with a substance dude i am such a good friend i am literally uh texting away while in the middle of a podcast <laughs> uh, okay ready uh, all right let's go to uh number uh it's it's slide number six i actually got the slide up here altering equipment making cards switching dice i figure we'll do the visual a little visual. i don't know just marking to, cards so we can go back dice. to this yep so this here, uh, you know, marking cards. Let's say, for example, they're they're playing a handheld game. It could be three card poker. It could be anything where they're hand, they're handling the cards. They can use a substance to mark the cards, and they could have glasses on of some sort to see those marks. Right? That is going to definitely put the advantage in their in, in their favor. Mm-hmm. But here's how it really works when, when you talk about marking cards. Let's say, for example, they call me the mechanic. 
okay? I go in, I mark all the aces on the three-card poker game. Then I'm out the door. Then David uh, comes in and he plays. Mm -hmm. Now he plays to the aces, right? Hey, you're playing to the... David didn't do anything. I'm already gone. The mechanic comes in, they mark the cards, and the innocent person comes in and makes all the money. So it's teamwork, right? So you have to you have to really be careful of that. Is David didn't mark the cards; he had nothing on him. Mm -hmm. I already I, I I do all all the dirty work, and then David takes advantage of it. Switching dice. What do you think about edge sorting? Edge sorting—that's another thing too, right? Edge sorting—it means that the diamonds or the pattern on the backs of the cards are not uniform. So when they cut the cards, they're not perfect, and you might have a larger diamond on this side or and a smaller diamond on this side. What they do is they turn the cards, and the, basically what they're, they're sorting the cards. And now when the, when the cards are on the layout, they can see which ones are the high cards, which ones are the low cards. So they can actually, from a game protection standpoint, you always have to assume that all cards can be read from both sides. Always assume that. So a card that is face down can be read from its back, and it can be read from its front. Wow. Every single every I single I want to card. read the card from the back. Would be nice, right? I need and actually you can. There it, are some people who can you, do it. We know would. we met one. Right. But in that case, you have to always assume that every single card in that deck is marked. If yeah. if you always run to that assumption, then you have to definitely protect it, right? This is why they have the feathers on the top. This is why they black out shoes now. That's why they got the shoes. They got the, the Harrigan shoe plate. That there yeah. so you can't see the first card coming out of the shoe. So again, you know, you take a let's say an example a three card poker game, right? Sometimes the dealers take the three card poker game, they put the the dealer's cards on and they spread all three cards. Right there, you've just exposed all three cards. Wow! Well, I, I haven't exposed them, I uh, because they're face down. But you always have to assume that all those cards can be read from both sides. So instead of spreading the cards, you keep them in one neat pile, so at least you're concealing two of the cards. Wow! Fantastic. Okay. Uh, okay, so the um, using computers. Okay, using computers to count cards or clock wheels. Well, when you before are, we, oh, we pull a transition, what happened? Who, I've ever seen a cheating involving modifying the table, drinking, like spilling drinks, rubbing the felt, etc. Have I seen uh, rubbing the felt or spilling drinks? Like uh, cheating involving modifying the table. You know, like examples, drinking, uh, spilling a drink, rubbing a drink the on purpose. I mean, when that happens, they just shut the game. You they know, they would shut the game do. down. What's going to happen is they would, uh, if, if the drink goes into the rack and so forth, it just it slows the game down to a, to a maximum. Now, there are drink scams out there, yes, where it's uh, internal, where the dealer might have a check in their hand, and they take the check, and they drop the check in the drink and move the drink for the guest. Oh, that yeah. there is obviously yeah. shouldn't be happening. So those kinds of things. Also, you have a stack of checks over here, and I have my drink, and I put uh, something sticky on the bottom. Well, let me tap your checks for good luck, and now I got yeah. a check on the bottom of my drink. Yeah. Those things do happen too, so you got to, you know, uh, be, be cognizant of that. But as far as uh, spilling a drink and so forth, uh, no. Now there is something out there that's uh, very new, uh, where it's a substance where they can rub it on the layout. Okay. When the card comes out of the shoe and goes over the substance on the layout, they can actually see through the card with a certain pair of glasses. Oh my God. Wait, really? really? That's a thing? Wow. Yes. Now, it's not prevalent, but here's the deal. If you ever see somebody on a dead oh. game, go up to a blackjack game, the shoe is here, and rub the layout here for no reason, they could be applying that solution. When that card comes out, they can actually see through the card and see what that card oh is. Oh my God, holy smokes. So, that's something you have to think about too. So yes, rubbing the layout, if you have that solution, it is possible. Um, yeah, so I, I mean, 
I'm trying to think of if I've ever, there's a lot of weak dealers out there. So I can see, you know, back in the day. So nowadays, any sort of foreign substance on a game, for them, especially if it hits the checks, they'll close that game. Um, especially with COVID, that's not even a thing. So, uh, but but I can see where, you know, that, that might have played a role. Interestingly, as far as altering equipment, are we on the altering equipment thing? Yeah. Uh, back in the day, before... Used to, there, there's actual video of people like replacing whole shoes. Oh yeah, distracting a dealer coming up and literally replacing the whole shoe. Yep, and uh, you know doing lots of things quite quite like that. But that's harder to do. There's even um, there was even a famous ring here in town where they used to when when the slots were on reels they would put bars. Uh, to get the slots to stop at a certain thing. And they would do it in waves. So they would have one guy drill it, one guy come in a little bit, and then eventually the person, like you said, the last person comes and sits, and that's the winner. Oh, my God, look right. what happened. But they really didn't do anything. They yeah. were part of the team, though. They they're they're, they're the team. guilty by yeah. association, association there, right? Yeah. yeah. No, 100%. By yeah. the way, one of the most amazing collusion was uh, one of the guys responsible for the chips on a Kino machine back in the day. The Kino, because, you know, we love Kino. Uh, we have a big Kino. Uh, we have we have a, our Kino audience is split between haters and not haters. Okay, <laughs> uh, but uh, so there was a guy. It was it was pretty famous. So he was setting up. He was putting in this code in the chips where if you played a certain pattern like twice and then you switched, it would come up with these eight spots. So members of his family were cashing out. Like he would be like, yeah, play this eight spot on this machine and. And he worked for one of the big gaming companies. Uh, you know, we won't say who, but uh, and, and that was uh, talk about collusion, man. Oh, he was wow. setting up these keynote. He was literally pro in the chip itself to process. He was like the guy. Wow. And uh, they would go in. All of a sudden, they would hit like forty thousand dollar keynote jackpots and go, "Oh my god, wow!" You know how mm. lucky. You know what I mean? Yep. And then they started seeing. Wait a minute. His uncle, his mother, his sister, his brother. Yeah, my now it's god, getting a it's getting a little weird. Right? Yeah. <laughs> He'd be like, "No, no, they're just very lucky in my family. Very lucky." All right. So, um, 128 likes, by the way. Oh, oh my oh, god! The hat's we, oh my god! Go. The hat the is hat. gone. Crap. Ah, I guess we got to give it away. All right, because Mark. So basically, here's what here's the way it works. People have to work for the hat a little bit now. Okay, mm -hmm. they're gonna spam the channel. You're gonna give them a word, and they're gonna spam the channel. And then once once Sticky tells you to stop, you're gonna say stop, and then we'll select. You're gonna pick a number, and then you'll select who wins. So. Give them a word uh, that they are gonna spam. You don't want it to be too long a word. We don't want the Thai, the, the, you know, the guy, the Thai monarch, you know, mm -hmm. or, or you know, his name is like 80 uh, letters long. Mm -hmm. Nothing like that. Something simple that maybe is on theme with what we're doing today. Um, Some people are suggesting cheater or collusion. How about just protection? Protection. protection. Interesting. So type in protection in the chat. Spam it. And uh, we'll protection. See, let's see and if now we win. get to we get to you know chill. If you need to pee, we let them spam it a little bit, and they there's a few good spammers. Uh, yeah, we got a that's funny. We got a few good spammers out there. A snapper. Uh, don't even waste time spamming the chat. Is he out there? A snapper out there? Snapper's out there. Oh my god, because snapper has already won like five times. <laughs> uh, he's a winner by default. He had the massive epic thirty roll challenge. Snapper, we miss you, buddy. Wow, holy smokes. Really? Is it a lot? Yeah, it's a All lot. Right, fantastic. This is a great show, dude. We're going to be doing this a few more times. We're going to have it. you on. Let's do it. We're, we're going to... Game protection is big. Yep. Uh, it needs to be a bigger category. 
and uh, you know it should be. And kudos to Resorts World for having you on board because yeah, you're you. literally the guy. I'll be honest with you, I, you're one of the very few people I know who literally knows all the games, like every game. I only know one other person, uh, even even close. You know what I mean? But uh, uh, I wanted to say this real all quick. Right, ready? Snapper said rigged in the middle of oh, all the yeah, spamming. <laughs> he said it's rigged. Oh, it's rigged. <laughs> he, he's won like I don't know how many times. Snapper wins. He's just a very lucky man. Because uh, all right. Okay. Ready? Mark, tell me when to stop. Whenever you're ready. Stop. Give me a number between 1 and 20. 18. 18. Matthew, you are the winner. I'll be typing Matthew. your name in chat so you know who there you are. There goes the hat. Okay. And uh, I'll be typing the email for you to email me your address so I can email that out to you. Yeah. Congrats, Matthew. Yeah, make sure it's an address we can uh, make connection with. Because uh, apparently Snapper's had to move around a little bit, huh? <laughs> He's been under duress. <laughs> that was hilarious, by the way, Snapper. I got that email, too. Uh, but he knows. We'll leave that between us. Okay. Um, altering equipment, switching dice. I've never... Uh, people ask me all the time about switching. I've never seen that happen before. It's very rare now. I mean, back in the day, it was a big thing, but... Yeah, we have so many controls in in place right now. I mean, uh, we, we train the dealers, but here's the thing, too. When you're on stick, okay... Do not take your eyes off the dice when they are not in the center of the, uh, mm -hmm. the game, right? Yeah. Because the minute you start casino gazing and stuff like that, it only opens it up for a, a dice switch, right? Um, there's all these ways of, you know, uh, from the jacket to, to another die in their hand and so forth. And it's always important to, uh, you know, keep your eyes on the dice all the time. Mm -hmm. The other thing, too, is when they switch in their die, different ways it could be switched in. It could be a top. What is a top? A, a, a top is uh, uh, basically a misspotted die. Could be all fives on it, right? Mm -hmm. Those are very risky. It's it's only in there for one roll, and they get it out of there because it's too much heat, right? Right. Could be a top. It could be a flat. A yeah. flat is something where it's not actually a uh, a perfect cube. Think of a shoebox. That's a flat, right? So you take a die and you actually press it down. So now the surface area on one side is much larger than the others. It's going to be uh, favored to those to those numbers. Um, so um, it could be loaded. They could have a load in there, right? So those are the different ways. And then they put these dice in, and there's always a way. There's always a way to know which die is theirs and which one is the is the uh, house. And here's the way they know that. Okay, this is one thing that a lot of people don't know. That is always the deuce tray alignment. You got the three here and you got the two here, and it always forms a V. But what the cheat does is they have their gaffed die that's loaded. And they reverse the three. They call it a, a reverse tray. So what happens now is when they're looking for their die versus the casino's dice, they know which one is theirs on a reverse tray. So whenever you take a look at a die, always make sure that that deuce tray alignment is correct. Otherwise, it could it's, it's definitely not your die. But there's other ways to inspect the dice to make sure that you have a key letter spot that's in there. You have all of your uh, the serial numbers. Here's the thing. When a die goes off the game, oftentimes you might get the die. Oh, serial number's right, and you throw it back in. It's not enough. It's not enough because that serial number could be stamped on there in two minutes. They can get your logo. Or they can stamp your logo on there. They can stamp the location on the one. They can do all that, right? But the key letter spot, which is through the four and on the center pip of the three, there's a letter in there. You got to check the key letter spot. You got to check and make sure that all uh, all sides of the dice add up to seven. You got a six on this side, a one on this side. If they don't add up, we call that a top. It's, it's, it's basically a misspotted die. Make sure all the spots are right. And always look for that uh, deuce tray alignment to make sure that it forms a V. Because if not, it's definitely not your die. So all these things are, you, you know, uh, 
oftentimes people aren't trained on what to look for. Basically, when that die goes off the game, if the serial number is right, throw it back in. It's certainly not enough. Sometimes we scribe the dice to make sure that there is a, just a little point on the die on, on, on one side of the dice to say that's ours. Because here's the deal. I'm a cheat and I want to come in and I want to put my die in the game. I come up, I get the dice, I know it's, I, I, I have the serial number. I've already got your logo, that's easy to do. And I can get the one and I can put Las Vegas and Nevada on the one. Those are easier to stamp on there, right? The key letter spot, that's really hard to do. There's going to have a, a letter in there. It could be A through Z. It could be anything, right? That's hard to do. Uh, of course, my die is loaded, by the way, uh, my, my gaff die. And then um, I've got the three and the, uh, the three reversed on this. So when I actually throw this die, okay, all of the markings are there. All of the, the, the serial numbers there, all the stamps are right. But the one thing that might not be on there is the scribe. And they use this little needle here, this is the scribe, and they're going to put a little dimple on one of the sides there. It's hard to find a scribe because the cheat doesn't know where the scribe is located. It could be on any face of the die. So in order to get the scribe, I have to actually pick up the die as a shooter. Imagine this. I'm a shooter. I get it up. Sir, what are you doing? Well, I'm just I'm looking for the scribe now. <laughs> a little suspicious, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. So when you have that scribe on there, now only mm -hmm. the, the supervisor knows what that scribe is. So that's something to really think about when you when you inspect the dice and what to Fantastic. look for. What to look for. I mean, uh, I've been in this business a long time, and no one's ever given me that much detail about a dice. Oh, it's okay. missing. No, hundred <laughs> yep. percent. I mean, I've been around dice for quite literally forever. Okay. Um, uh, one question. Good. Is the box person spinning the die by the corners a real thing, or they're just trying to look fancy? Uh, that's fancy, fancy stuff, right? Okay. The thing is, uh, when we do a balancing, he uses balancing caliper to do that. Um, and when you when you do the balancing, put it in here like this, and you spin it around to see if there's a load in there. For a supervisor to do that, a lot of that's all for show. Okay, can they really see if it's if it's loaded that way? No, it's not verifiable. This here's where you really want to see if it's loaded. And here's another thing too: when you do a balancing caliper, you put one point in here and you put the other point in over here, right? When you spin it, I've seen this before. Okay, you spin this. Let me see if I can get it in there. Uh, almost. Um, you always have to make sure that the die comes to a natural rest. And if it comes to a natural rest and it's rocking back and forth, that would tell you that the die is loaded. So if you see this, they spin it like this and they stop it. Does that tell me if it's loaded or not? No. You have to see what it does at the very end of the spin to see if it rocks back and forth. That will tell you if it's Here, loaded or not. Up there. I think let, can have it. let me see if I can uh, get this back in there. I loosened it up here can't see it very well there we go there we go now when that spins around at the very end of the spin you want to see if it really rocks back and forth if that rocks back and forth a very heavy rock that's going to tell you that it's been loaded and that there is a nice smooth rock that's that's perfectly okay a loaded die is going to go just like this, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So um, that's how you would see if a, if a die is loaded. Also, when you weigh a die, you use a scale. The scale, it must be between 9.5 and 9.7 grams. Anything over that would consider it would be considered a loaded die. This one's a little bit under. And you would go each of these here. 
These are 8.8. .8. These are a little bit lighter than uh, what the, the usual ones are. Usually they are between 9.5 and 9.7 grams on, on, on the dice. You, if you weigh a die and it comes in 12 grams, you've got a load in there. You use a, ma you use a magnet on the, uh, the end of the uh, scribe. What you'll do to look for a metallic load is you'll take the dice and you'll put them in a line here. And what you'll do is you'll take the magnet and you'll go like this. If the dice do react to the magnet, then you've got a metallic load inside there. Oof. So these are ways to look and see if a die is loaded. That would be a rough load to carry around, no? <laughs> uh, yeah. um, here's a good question. Go. What good uh, does it do to introduce one load of dice to the game? Even if you know it will land on a number, there's still a second dice that's random. Absolutely. That's a great question. Let, let's do this. Okay, let's say, for example, I have a, uh, a die loaded, right? And I load it in on the one. So I know that this is going to be favored to the six, right? It's not a guarantee, but it's a percentage move. If I bet the field, I'm favored. Because you got to remember, if it's six, four, six, five, six, three, six, four, six, five, or six, six comes in, I win. And if six, six comes in, I can win triple. The only way I can lose is on a six, one, and a six, two. So what you've essentially done is you've uh, actually put the the favor in the, the advantage in your favor by just having the six come up. Yes, you could still lose, but what they call that? They call that a percentage move. Wow, very interesting. I'm intrigued. Okay, here we go. You ready? Uh, what is it? What do we just do? Using computers. Okay, using computers to count cards or clock wheels. We kind of we haven't really addressed that. That was the next one. Uh, I so I there that's been done quite a bit. Sure. Uh, I know that that people have uh, been, you know, where someone has sort of taken up a position at another table and has been able, especially with, uh, you know, handheld decks and have been, you know, and they relay back using some electronic to the person. In fact, there was a famous one. They were using this electric shock to register. OK, they got a high card, low card kind of thing to tell the person to hit or stay. Sure. Uh, and, you know, this has been sort of documented. There's a, quite a few stories of those. So, yeah, so using computers to count cards or clock wheels. Clock wheels, really? You can clock a wheel, uh, especially when that ball is coming down to a, a uh, when it's slowing down. You can use computers to actually clock it and predict where that ball is going to land. No way. Whenever you, whenever you. Uh, Alex, can you tell Alex how this is done? We need to win some money quick. We got are, legal bills. <laughs> there are computers that can be used, and if you do that. Wow. <laughs> Say that one more time. Yeah. <laughs> Let him keep him in. And if you do you that, have computers yeah. to clock the wheel and the, the speed of the wheel, speed of the ball, and by uh, doing that, you can predict where that ball is going to land. Now there is one one element in there that we cannot control, and that's bounce. Uh oh. Well, you can't there. control the bounce, but you can control where you you can predict where that's going to land wow. in that wheel. And then you could feed that data back to the person playing somehow, right? That is correct. Wow. Holy so that's smoke. why, as a dealer, it is very important you are. Waving off the layout with three revolutions remaining, okay? And any any bets that come in after that could be suspicious. Oh, we're going to have, I think we're going to have a few questions, no? Because everybody wants to lock in a winning roulette strategy. There's your winning roulette <laughs> so, strategy. So, but so I will say this, if you yeah. use a computer, it is illegal. It is it illegal. Is, it is 100% illegal. You cannot use a device. You cannot use a device. Any kind of device. The guy with the electricity, he was uh, barred. Um, there's, there's quite a few stories. A few people at the Horseshoe, by the way. Why, I don't know. Back in the day, that was the one place, like, no one, I mean, they took you outside, dude. They made an example of you to everybody else they took outside, you know. Uh, but anyways, but now they just arrest you. 
They will, they will arrest you. Yeah, they will arrest you. They actually you. had an iPhone app, I think it was, and it was in stealth mode. So basically on the uh, uh. iPhone, it was still a black screen. Okay. And you could actually hit the plus and the minus and the plus and the minus on it. Wow. And then it would vibrate whether it was a high count or a low count, count oh my for counting God. cards. Wow. So when surveillance looks at the phone, you've got a black screen, and you're just hitting your screen on a black screen. That's a little suspicious right there, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. So, again, you're using a, uh, a device. Wow, so interesting. No? I mean, super interesting. Wow. Clock in the wheel. Holy crap. And that's true. That technology on both sides of this game is advancing so flippant quickly. We have um, we have an app that's coming out eventually. We still Chuck, where are you, Chuck? Crapsy, buddy. He's in he's in the mix. We got a few things we got to do, but we will have one. Uh, so it's still it's still coming. But uh, yeah, any more? Why you have a question? Uh, uh, John twenty one fun John. Yeah. Says Pit Dennis B day fun. Let's have a chill shot of Captain Morgan's. Ooh, really? Yeah, twenty dollars. Twenty dollars. He's loaded, dude. $20, John? No, okay. But I do have some questions for Mark. Go. So, okay. says, do casinos care if players use some systems or what so-called advantage players? Systems, no. You can use any system you want. As long as you're playing the game by our rules, no system will work mathematically. The math of the game will never change. Okay? You can use the Martingale system, which is a win, uh, a loss pro. When we call it a loss pro, every time you lose, you double your bet. There's a win pro where every time you win, you double your bet and so forth. You can use any system that you want, but at the end of the day, the math will never change. As long as you're not taking advantage of the game through card counting, where, of course, obviously, when the when the deck is rich in high cards, you up your bet. When it's rich in low cards, you, you lower your bet. Now, you're definitely taking advantage of the game. We won't allow you to play blackjack in that in that regard. But if you just want to double your bet after every loss, you can do that. Um, eventually, that Martingale system will uh, will fail because once uh. you get to the once you get to the uh, max bet, Dude. it's over. But um, systems, you can use any system you want, just as long as you're playing the game by the rules. Another question is, what brings more cheats, table games or slots? That is a great question. In my in my uh, career, I've seen more in tables. Um, yeah, back in the days, you know, slots have come a long way. You know, slots they used to have, uh, you know, uh, with the handle, they call it cherry popping. They had the, uh, the the lights, they had the wands, they had the monkey paws, all that stuff. But that was for the uh, for the older uh, slots, the mechanical slots, the, the mechanical ones. The ones that we have today are, are much more advanced, um, so it, it's harder to cheat the slots. Um, with the tables, it's a little bit easier because you have a, you have a human component in there that we can we can try to take advantage of. You try to exploit the weaknesses of the dealers. You try to exploit uh, weaknesses in our uh, equipment. Let's say, for example, I, ha I had a biased wheel on, on the game on, on, on a roulette game, right? And it was biased toward a certain number, and I knew it was biased. I would play that bias all day long. Well, who's fault is that? Is that the player's fault or is that the casino's fault? They play by our rules. But we were the ones that put the bias wheel on the floor. That's why it is so important that you regularly maintain and balance and we're test gonna your get wheels to that. for all that. We're going to get to that. Yeah, Absolutely. all right, good. Uh, okay, ready? Uh, making... I, I just got to say this, by the way. This is just funny. Funny? Vegas, uh, Vegas Pirate says, hookers bring more cheats. Who does? Uh, hookers. Oh, hookers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's that true. is true. <laughs> is it the hooker cheating or the customer or the the John cheating? I don't know. Yes. Isn't that funny, John? They're called Johns. Just so we're clear. <laughs> Anyways, okay, ready? Oh, can we move on? We, we got can more move questions. On. All right. Next one is uh, I get this a lot on dice game making false claims. 
Yeah, we already kind of went over this, though. You yeah. know, somebody who uh, comes in and, uh, oh, I wanted to hit, not stand, or whatever, these are all uh, definitely uh, mm-hmm. along those lines of defrauding the game, making false claims. And, the, and mm-hmm. 100%. Shots, yep. shots, shots. And it right. uh, happens all the time. Exploiting the rating system, by the way, top 10 ways to cheat the casino. So, the, you know, believe it or not, the rating system as well gets ex- not just the game itself. But people try to take advantage. In fact, Alex has a few strategies that try to work the rating system. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's uh, it's to play the game. You know, play it's it's while playing the game. It's sure. kind of break even strategies where you know with on roulette, higher Theo, you get you know yep. you're able to get higher rating. Uh, with dice, of course, uh, you're taking odds. You don't get a lot of uh, Theo for that. There's sure. no Theo whatsoever. So a lot of casinos don't give you uh, rating. But there are definitely people who try to smooth up to a uh, floor supervisor, get them to, especially if there's a floor supervisor in the mix. It's not just, you know, slots, it's not a lot of opportunity to cheat the rating system on slots because it's literally with coin in, right? Right. But with a supervisor in the mix, or maybe even a, a poorly trained supervisor, uh, you might be able to schmooze an extra couple, uh, you know, a little higher tier rating, no? Well, here's the way you do it, though. I mean, it, it, it's actually a game within a game, to be honest. Let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. I go up to a craps game, and I might get rated for, uh, let's say, 40 rolls an hour, 50 rolls an hour, whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I go up to the game, and I bet uh, $767 combat with $1,532 odds. <laughs> Nice. What am I trying That's an to do? Toy bet. Right? It's very unusual. Why are they doing this? There's only one reason to bog the game down. So instead of getting 50 rolls, I'm, I'm only actually playing 10 rolls because the dealer in the floor have got to figure out what this uh, pays, right? Yeah. So what's happening now is I'm getting credit for 50 rolls, but I'm only actually playing 10, mm-hmm. and I'm getting all that Theo when I really didn't even risk it. You right. take European roulette, and they load up the racetrack, and we have overlapping maxims all over all over the uh, the layout. Right? What happens there is the dealer has to look for all these overlapping maxims and give them back to the player. Well, instead of getting 40 spins an hour, I'm only getting 10, but I'm getting credit for 40. So these are the tactics that players can use in order to gain an advantage on the house. And now you know. <laughs> or, or, well, we've already figured this out. Yeah, we've already okay, figured good. this out. <laughs> or you go into a Baccarat game, right, mm-hmm. and you get uh, 78 hands in one shoe, but I only play a half a shoe, right? We're going to give you credit for a half a shoe. If we give you credit for an entire shoe, then we're giving you double your rating, right? So this is a way to exploit the rating system in order to basically beat the game through the comps. Everybody knows that the math is the math. They cannot beat the game the way it is at the end of the day. They might beat it in the short term, yes, but it's a short-term loan we're giving you until you come back and lose it all, right? So basically what happens is (laughs) that... The math is the math. You can't beat the game. So what you do is you try to beat it through the rating system. So this is another tactic that can, that can be used. Mm-hmm. No, we know this very well, don't we, Alex? <laughs> We're all about rating. Uh, that's why you know, That's why there's a lot of weak supervisors. That's why they're going to need this new course that we're developing to Absolutely. kind of avoid this. Hey, gentlemen, take care. Thank you so much. Uh, good work. Fantastic. Wow, it's already seven. Um, we've been doing this for two hours. Two hours doesn't even Holy seem like smoke. it. Holy smoke! No, wow. it's been it's been we've been flying along. All right, well let's let's finish. Because uh, as we've been going through this, we've been sort of dealing, and then we'll all right. Well, car counting. We've already talked about car counting, and then exploiting weak dealers is big, huge. absolutely huge in this town. It still goes on. We talked about the the poor dealer giving out all the change. I I know um, Lauren gives uh, talks about in her class where. 
one of the tactics that the players use is see how easily distracted a dealer can be by making some noise or sneezing, even simple things like this. And the dealers that will turn around on their game or look the other way, uh, you know, those are the dealers that they know they could take advantage of. When you go to dealer school, they're going to teach you proper procedure, the proper mm -hmm. way to do everything, right? And there's a reason for every single procedure. And when you go to CEG, we tell you the, 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 the reasons behind these procedures, right? Mm -hmm. And once you understand that reason, you have to do it every single time. You have to deal it the right way. Don't be distracted like what Lauren says, right? Don't be yeah. casino gazing. Don't be new because like I said before, and we, we already covered this, the cheats are going to shop the store and they're going to they're going to find you and they're mm -hmm. going to say this is a weak dealer and I am going to run them over, right? Mm -hmm. Don't be that dealer. Mm -hmm. If you deal the game as you are taught by procedure, you're not going to be a target. And that's what's going to happen. You know, you're on, you're on a blackjack game and you're uh, lifting up the whole card as it comes over, right? Oh, I'm I'm going to attack that all day long, right? Now, let me, let's ask this. Is that advantage players that cheating? Here's the deal. You've got a weak dealer that is lifting this whole card over here like this and it comes down, right? Is that you? Well, you showed it to me. You're showing it to me. So, mm -hmm. is it I'm taking I'm actually taking advantage of the game because you're flashing the whole card. This is a weak dealer. Now, how do we know if it's cheating? Here's how it's cheating. This dealer every time when David is on the game, is lifting this whole card, lifting the whole card each time, right? When David leaves the game, that dealer is no longer lifting the whole card. That's suspicious. Now it's collusion. That's where we can we can draw the distinction that is cheating. So is mm -hmm. it cheating or advantage play, right? I'm taking advantage of a, a, a weak dealer. I'm exploiting that weakness. You know, you know, interesting is that as a school, one of the things that we have tried, and I see this because, by the way, this is sort of uh, Mark's uh, list, okay? And based on his many years of, of training, being someone that's been part of this process and the protocols that go into the casino. And me and Alex have tried to create sort of a uniform policy. We, we've tried, we've asked so many casinos, listen, you know, we've been working with these dealers, these break-ins, these procedures. You know, we're, we're looking for a way to create some uniformity. What's amazing is that even shift for shift is is different. So the protocols that one shift boss has are different than the protocols another shift boss has. And that lends itself to, you know, poor uh, game protection. Uh, because clearly you, know, you can, you can not only do you can find the weak deal, you can find the weak shift. Sure. And you can find the shift that, that's much more lenient, it's much more loosey-goosey, you follow? Uh, because it's, it's, it's quite amazing, I'll be honest with you. Like, uh, we've come across so many different auditioners, or you know, people that from the casino that come and audition, always looking, always having some nuanced thing that that seems a bit overblown. Or, you know, th this is the problem that we've had with you know, lots of supervisors are given this task, right? And maybe they're not an educator. Not everybody is. Some, some people that do can't teach. You follow? Sure. And so they, you know, it, it's, oh, God, it's just been so frustrating for us as a school. Like, I can't even begin to tell you. It's just, it's, you know, with Dice and like we talked about with the three to two, because I'm, I'm looking through some of the things that you're talking about as far as training and the red flags. I mean, the very fact that some supervisors get onto a floor and then walk this rubber band, they, they cover these tables that they've never dealt themselves and they just don't know, you know, all these sort of proto or they have, there's no training in place for them. I'm so, you know, I'll be honest, like, I know having a training manager resorts world seems, I mean, just genius, but there's quite a few casinos that don't have anybody like you. Correct. 
everything is done sort of on a ship for ship base they just make they make some okay well you've been in the business for 10 years you know a few games that doesn't they don't i know crap dude i i know so many dealers even on dice dealers that are lazy sling checks mm -hmm. you don't follow a basic procedure mm -hmm. order of operations you know whatever the hell they want i know a guy that hands place bets off drops him into the cum and points to the guy yeah. you know doesn't even hand off or heal off any bets you know doesn't i mean and that this guy is just a supervisor you know what I mean? Because, well, we put in his time, so now he's a supervisor. It makes no sense. Yeah. Well, this has been a fantastic topic. So so just so you guys know, um, Mark is working with us to develop a, to develop a course that is going to be focused towards supervisors, those of us that are looking to kind of level up in this business. It's, it's an area that uh, CEG has wanted to address a very long time. And uh, it, it's so overdue, you have no idea. Uh, and, it, and it's really important. I think I think a lot of people have been really mesmerized. You've, you've shared a lot of information mm -hmm. that none of us had, to be honest with you. I have been a pit boss and haven't understood that level of the dice. You know what I mean? The micronometer, uh, meter, you know what I mean? And, right. and the balancing thing, yes, but like understanding like loaded, no one's ever even walked me through that. And I worked at 13 casinos. And that's what's important is, you know, you- Micrometer, you, you, yeah. Yeah, you, you put a floor on, on, on the floor and you never tell them what to look for. That's the thing. And in this course mm -hmm. here, we're going to go through A to Z on the red flags, how to, how to mic the dice, mm -hmm. how to balance dice, how to, how to do the full inspection, right? How about a roulette wheel? Knowing the density of the number strip, density of the pockets, measuring the pockets, measuring the apron, or the, the density of the apron, the ball mm -hmm. track, all that stuff. How, how to do an RPM test on a roulette wheel. All this stuff, you know, we're, we're never really exposed to. But in this year... We exposed to everything from A to Z. Yeah, I mean it's it's really tremendous. I can't. I mean I can't wait for the class myself. I'll be honest with you. I'm looking forward to it. All right, uh, Mark. Uh, we're one, gonna have a lot more of Mark. This has been very one last interesting. Question, just real. Oh, yes. Mark. Good. If a bad dealer pays extra, is there any reason a player can't collect? According to statute, if a player takes more from a game than what is won, it is considered cheating. Mm -hmm. Part of part of statute. Now, the next thing is. We have to also look at intent. Do they know that they, that they were overpaid or do they not, right? But the way it's written in the statute, if a player takes more than what is won from a, a gambling game, it is considered a fraudulent act. Wow, interesting. So there was recently a big story at a downtown casino, who we won't name, where a supervisor approved a payoff on a big, uh, several big bets and... The player was paid, walked from the game, and surveillance called down and said, whoa, uh, you overpaid. It was a lot of money, mm -hmm. like 15000 over aye, aye, aye. on several bets. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it was a blackjack, right? How did this? Anyway, so they, they had to rake this uh, money back, and um, they hadn't left the casino yet. They, they were a known player. They were a contract player at the casino. They, you know, they had a marker out for I don't know how much money. And uh, so an hour later, the, the supervisor is having to go up to this guy and say, uh, by the way, uh, we overpaid you 15000 whatever it was. It was a lot of money. And he didn't want to give it back. Uh, he was like, well, you approved the payoff. Sure. Like, you know, even the dealer sort of had, you, you made, because this was a newer dealer, break-in dealer, a lot of money, very nervous. And uh, the supervisor literally approved this payoff uh, and, you know, put them in a tough spot. You know what I'm saying? So the way the conversation was uh, basically, listen, if you collect this money, if you take this money back from me, I'll never play here again. And it's a big, 
big player, fairly big player, not a huge whale, but mm -hmm. close to it. Mm -hmm. And but they're like, well, we have to take the money back. So he's like, no, I'm not giving you your money. He just said no. And so they called the gaming control board and they, they, they came down and talked to the guy and, and they got the guy to give it back. But it was interesting because the, the argument was, well, you, the casino supervisor on the floor approved the payout. Like literally gave, walked up to the game and said, yes, that's correct. Go ahead and pay. Regardless of that, if a player does take more than what is won from the game, it still falls under that statute. Still falls. And so even even they weren't sure. They called the gaming control board and they were like, yeah, we got to give it back. You if you don't it give it back, we got to call it in. You yep. know, it's that. For sure. And so he, you know, ultimately he gave it back and, you know, that was the end of yep. it. But, but in that case, the relationship between that player and the casino is probably gone. Yeah, gone. Now, what could happen is the mm -hmm. casino could say, just in the interest of customer relations, go ahead and keep the money to to, to uh, keep, keep the customer at that point, right? Yep. But in this case here, now we get gaming involved and so forth. We've just totally tarnished that relationship with that guest. We're never getting them back. No, 100%. They embarrassed them. I would say, but they pushed the subject. You know what? You know, I would have thought it was a lot of money. 15000 is what I heard. Maybe it was more. I'm not exactly sure. It wasn't there. But when I was a dealer, the Rio was famous. Uh, Marnell, for example, was famous for just giving money. Yep. Uh, so Larry Flint's brother, who came and played, and this it, it Larry would lose Larry Flint of uh, Hustler, right? Yep. And his brother would play Tom, I believe his name is. I'm not sure 100%. But uh, so they would play Baccarat, and uh, Larry would lose a couple million, and his brother would lose like a million. Well, uh, his brother, his brother's girlfriend was supposed to have been picked up. And they were late picking her up. And so they gave her like a $150,000 necklace as a sorry. Wow. Uh, well, wow. they were like hours Strong. late and everyone was bitching. I mean, they gave it. It was a ton. It was a lot of money. I don't know what it is. That. Lauren can probably remember exactly what it was. but uh, Or some of the other real deals. It was a lot. Ended up in the paper. And uh, we actually, so not just that, but there was another late limo or, or gift that was given out, like 40000 also jewelry. And... Uh, strong right and some dealers talked about it and released it to like the rj and rj published a story about how Rio was bending over backwards but we all got in trouble we, we actually had pre-shifts the very next day yeah. to tell us listen shut the hell up right because they don't want to be in a position to give everybody you know a necklace For, exactly you know what i'm saying exactly. just because exactly. they yeah. but 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 knowing that i'm so amazed that this casino it wasn't circa by any means <clears throat> it was someone other uh why they would have pulled the money back you know what I mean? Like, just give it, give it to the guy and call it At a day. At that point, especially a, a player of that caliber. You know, you know what I mean? Times, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was just... It I, happens all the time, though, where mm -hmm. the player, uh, does, it was our mistake. Mm -hmm. Okay, we're just going to do this in, in, in the interest of customer relations yeah. and uh, call it a day. But uh, other times, somehow just want to get that money back. Yeah, some of the real adamant or the ship boss or whomever sure. else is in control. All right, well, there you go. Uh, this is, dude, a fabulous, fantastic podcast. I can't Had wait to the time. next one. Had a great time. Thank you, everybody. Had a great time. Uh, do we all love Mark? I mean, <laughs> you got a lot of thumbs up. That's a record for oh, thumbs up, Oh, thank buddy. you. Thank you. They, they, they must love you. They, uh, and uh, what else we got? Any last minute? Any Q of A? We're good. Have, uh, we're good. We're yep. going to be heading out. All right. Thank you guys very much. Thank we'll you. We'll see you next time. Don't forget, shopcasinoquest.com is our brand new store. Uh, we're still finishing up. We got a few more things to put up there tomorrow, but uh, we got that table, the how-to video. We got Alex bent over putting that table together. So there's that. And thank you very much, everyone, uh, for tuning in. And we'll see you next week, Sunday, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, take care. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye. Thank you. And.